coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Fa la 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 la. Welcome to Buzz oh. on Movies. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm Teddy. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. <laughs> yeah. And we're here on another episode of Buzzed On Movies, Christmas edition this time. Um, uh, it, it's been a little while since we've uh, talked to you last. We've had some technical difficulties that have uh, gotten in our way, but we we're on. here. We wanted to try to get something out to you before the holidays, try to get everyone in that holiday spirit. and. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is going to do it, but uh, we're sure going to do our best. Might, we might, we might, we might. So, there, like I, most holidays, I usually just watch like the same sort of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the same sort of things. And then more recently, you know, the Christmas horror movies have been a thing. I've been watching more of those. Um, but I thought we'd really mix things up this time and go with something that I never watch, but that I know that there's a lot of out there. And that is the Christmas rom-com. Um, yeah. And boy, do we have a couple of those for you today. We watched um, The Night Before Christmas and The Princess okay. Switch. We should note that The Night Before Christmas is with a K. It is Yes, K- The Night as in like a medieval night. And there is a medieval knight in this movie. Um, there is, yes. yeah, correct. These are both movies produced uh, by Netflix and on Netflix. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. movies both star Vanessa Hudgens, <laughs> part of a growing Vanessa Hudgens verse, if you will. Um, and these movies both, of course, take place at Christmas and involve a romance of two unlikely paired people. I suppose you could say, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're really there's they're really something there. So <laughs> let's just let's just dive right in here. Why don't we? Um, sure. Well, first, first before we start, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Because I've got some some festive type drinks here. I don't know about you. Um, what what are you up to? My my drinks are not that fat. Well, one of them. Okay, so I have a beer. It's called the Snowman. Um, so that actually is, it's, you know, it's sort of on theme. It's not really what they would drink in this movie. They don't drink beer in these sort of movies. They all Mm -hmm. drink like hot cocoa where like whipped cream is like overflowing from the mug and they're like little marshmallows everywhere. Um, (laughs) they're not allowed to drink in these movies. That's not family friendly enough, but it is, it is a snowman stout brewed with coffee. It's quite nice. Um, Hello, Mr. Police. Hello, Mr. Police. And then I have red wine on deck because it's easy and I don't have to walk back and forth from the fridge. So. True. true. <laughs> Red wine's always good. Yeah. Um, I have got a sweet potato and sage saison here. Oh, yum. Um, which is very seasonal. And then also, dual wielding today, I have a tiki drink called the Sippin' Santa. Ooh. Which is, uh, if you've ever been to any of the Sippin' Santa tiki bar pop-ups that happen around this time of year, it's one of their main drinks. And since I don't get to go this year, I took it upon myself to find out how to recreate it. So, nice. 
I was uh, nice sipping to... some Christmas tiki drinks the other day. I had a one made with gingerbread syrup that was really good. Um, mm, that is nice. Did you make your own gingerbread syrup or you yes, found yes. something online? Would not even know where to buy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm working with here too. Got the uh, the nutmeg syrup, the ginger juice. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's pretty complicated to make, but it's actually very good and yeah. very seasonal. I had another drink um, last night that was um, called Christmas Eve of Destruction, and that yes. one was really fucking good. <laughs> I like that so, name. I feel like that's what this year is going to be. On oh, Christmas yeah. Eve, so. It's very on brand uh, for 2020. So yeah. I highly recommend looking up how to make those cocktails. <laughs> Maybe we'll drop some recipes in the uh, comments here. We moonlight as a as a bar and <laughs> we are a, a <laughs> we are here at Buzzed on Movies. We are both a virtual bar and a virtual film discussion center. Yes, we so, would be. That seems on brand for us. <laughs> that that's exactly what's going on. So anyway. Night before Christmas. Um, so the way that I came up with these movies uh, yeah. was I asked Lauren, okay, what are the craziest premises for a um, for a Christmas rom-com that you've heard of? And this was the first one she mentioned. Uh, the, it night, is, the night one? The yeah. night before Christmas. This is a film wherein a medieval night from 1334 – goes forward in time to 2019 and meets up with a a school teacher from the present time and they have like a romance before he has to go back to his time um it's unclear why <laughs> it, there's a lot of unclear in this movie i mean okay i went up off of the disclaimer that you've watched it significantly more recently than me so you should like sort of lead the, the discussion because okay. you you saying things might trigger memories in my head which is the important which will be important but i do distinctly remember watching this movie and i was like i don't understand why any of this is happening like there's like literally like why is he time traveling like it, there's like something with like a witch in the woods who like, I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The old, the old wench in the woods. I what is, what is the word he used for? It's not hag. It's not wench. Although he does use wench multiple times. Yeah. I was going to say he does use the word wench. (laughs) I just, but I also remember thinking that there was a completely insane thing that he just calls her and thinks it's like, the old crone that, Yes, just call calling her. for her. He's like, "Old crone, old crone." This to her face, he'll be like, "Oh, old crone," and I'll be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Okay. Like, <laughs> so yeah, so this movie, so so they're going on this hunt, uh, and the main character, um, well, the the main knight character, Sir Cole, uh, runs into this old crone in the woods, and like, so. Like typically when you see something, if you see something like Beauty and the Beast or something, usually what an old crone curses someone, it's because they've done them some slight or something. Right. Uh, but here he he helps her, like helps her like find directions or something. And then I guess like as his reward, she like sends him on this quest, which is like she tells him nothing about the quest, to be clear. She's just yeah. like, oh, you must go on this quest and it must be finished by midnight 
on Christmas Day, or else you will never be a true knight. And of course, the entire time they're saying these things like in normal English, which uh, is not very accurate. They would have spoken like old English back then. You would not even be able to understand them. They're saying like normal English, but like putting in things like me thinks and ye yes. in there. So, yeah. so you know it's old time. As somebody who studied medieval literature in college, <laughs> it's like deeply, deeply painful. <laughs> and like, it's just sort of like, I'm, and like I've watched a lot of like bad representations of medieval culture, obviously, and I'm used to it and I don't really care. And like, I, in fact, took a whole course in college on, like on how our contemporary culture views these things and the lens that we mm -hmm. filter it through. And like, this has, I mean, the, the way they talk is one of the most egregious <laughs> like examples. And like, just like everything about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. But yeah, so she's like, you have to finish this quest by midnight uh, on Christmas. But she doesn't tell him what the quest is. He's like trying to find out about it. And she's just all mysterious. And then she like gives him this amulet that like sends him forward in time. Oh, but <laughs> I should mention that this doesn't all take place in like one flashback or something. For some reason, in between him meeting the crone and her sending him forward in time, we have a cut to present day in Bracebridge, Ohio, where the Vanessa Hudgens character lives. And Which, we see her. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, continue, and then I'll, I'll make my point. <laughs> okay. Which, so, um, and she, like we see a scene of her, like, at her school, like, sort of wrapping up before the holidays and, like, talking to this student. It's mostly um, an unimportant scene. But then we cut back to uh, the night times and we see him, like, get his quest and then go off to the future. But I, I was thinking, like, why on earth did they feel the need to cut that scene in between there? And then when we go back to medieval times, they have to give us a subtitle again that tells us that we're back in 1334. I'm like, just make it all one flashback at the beginning of the movie then it, okay but also it they flows. literally didn't have to give us another subtitle to tell us that we went back in time again like i <laughs> no. think we would have gathered that um they definitely like that. did it be <laughs> um i also i distinctly maybe correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like i remember thinking that that conversation with the student wasn't actually that important but also it was completely ridiculous that she was having a conversation about her dating life with this like student that she teaches i was like all oh, right yeah. this is it this is not decent we need to move on right now like it was so <laughs> it was so silly for a number of reasons like the the student was like saying that like the reason she didn't do so well in her midterm was because like she was all distraught because her boyfriend dumped her oh, but then right, like yes. but then like they had like this pretty in-depth conversation about like the importance of finding true love and like Vanessa Hudgens is like, you know, that like there's no such thing as like one right person for you or whatever. Yes, right. And it, doesn't she like basically tell the little she's like, there's no such thing as like this true love soulmate <laughs> thing. And I'm like, why are you telling a child this? <laughs> that's basically so that's basically setting up like, oh, but it's going to be proven wrong once this knight shows up and he is your true love. But also I it's mean, like, yeah, this is kind of an inappropriate conversation as a school teacher with your student. <laughs> And it's also just like an, a disheartening thing to tell your your young student. Like you just like maybe don't oh, need yeah. to have that. Like like save that for the parents. Like 
you know, but like right after she's distraught about a breakup, don't worry, honey, true love doesn't exist. And we're and all course, alone. And of course that's like the, the trope in like all Christmas rom-coms. Like there's somebody who like doesn't believe in true love and, or doesn't believe in like the Christmas spirit, you know, like mm-hmm. this is like the norm and that's, that's how it works. The message like, of the Christmas rom-com is always like, believe yeah. and the non-believer will be shown. Yes. Uh, generally, this plays out in the form of big city businesswoman coming back to small town, falling for the man who runs a Christmas tree farm. Yes. Um, this is generally how it goes. But in this case, it's it's small town Ohio woman who um, doesn't believe in love falling for the medieval knight who's traveled across <laughs> centuries to find her and who just is like earnest wide-eyed belief at all times. A tale um, that we all know by heart by now. We all know. Um, <laughs> but the point I was going to make was that like, you know, it'll be like, this is somewhere in Ohio. And I'm like, why is it always in fucking Ohio? Like, why does it gotta be in like Ohio or Pennsylvania? This is like the fucking like, like MSNBC election year <laughs> bullshit. Like, like this is all we care about, Ohio and Pennsylvania. It's in the like, heartland of America. That's why. It's always <laughs> it's always gotta be somewhere that everyone's like, ooh, that's the real America. Um yeah. <laughs> another funny thing that I noticed though in the credits is that this film is set in Bracebridge, Ohio. It was filmed in Bracebridge, Ontario. <laughs> oh, classic. So yeah. They literally just changed one letter. In the O, they changed the O N to an O H, and they're like, now it's an American movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, that's not shocking either. So that's <laughs> fine. Um, you know, it's a fun fact. Total sidebar: the the knight in this is played by Josh Whitehouse, mm-hmm. who also starred in the Valley Girl musical remake uh, alongside what's her name, uh, Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day. Oh, yeah, also a, a movie that I watched immediately after watching rock of ages for the first time. Cause I wanted more eighties <laughs> musical vibes. <laughs> and somehow you did not fall in love with that one. Yeah. Well that was just like eighties pop music. <laughs> there's a, there's a difference. That's also the one with Jake Paul in it, right? Logan Paul, Logan, Logan Paul. Paul, Paul. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so anyway, back to this scene, the one thing I wanted to mention, um, from this scene that struck me is like, she was the Vanessa Hudgens character at one point talking about uh, the girl's ex-boyfriend is, Oh, so it turned out he was a frog rather than a prince. Huh? But, <laughs> which I like, I feel like it's such a cliche to say that. And also it makes no sense because the point of that story was that the frog was a prince. Yes. The frog <laughs> is both of them. Um. <laughs> I don't, I don't get, I don't get it at all. Um, so yeah, so so the night comes back, uh, well comes back to the future, <laughs> to 2019. Mm. Um, he get he shows up in the middle of like what is would probably be the most disorienting place he could be aside from like Times Square, which is like the middle of a Christmas <clears throat> market type location. If this man had shown up in Times Square, he would have gotten either killed, like he would have gotten himself killed, or he would have been arrested. <laughs> or maybe people would have just thought like he's one of those guys that pose with you for money. True, <laughs> maybe. Kind those people of, usually you can't see their faces because they wear big masks. That's kind of what ended up happening here. Anyway, so he shows up in the middle of this Christmas market, kind of whooshes into reality. He is surrounded by like what is even to to the viewers of the movie a very disorienting scene. Every single surface is covered with Christmas lights. There's just electric lights. Every single like 
centimeter of the screen. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> can you imagine never having seen electricity in your life and then being yeah. thrust into the scene? And he, he is not like confused about what's going on or like thinking that there's like some sort of devilry afoot. He's just like, oh, where did the old crone go? <laughs> this guy literally is like the, like, the, the epitome of like the like head empty no thoughts me like he just like has like he's just like hmm well okay and i'm like you are like completely like unhinged somewhere deep the in your ultimate mind. himbo yeah he <laughs> like, really is walking around being like oh isn't this merry and yes. festive and it's like what is going on he he seems to be fairly familiar with like a lot of Christmas traditions that I'm pretty sure were established after 1334. Yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. he, um. He's like, oh yeah, Saint, Saint Nicholas is here, and he he like knows all the songs and stuff. Yeah, and that's um, not how that would work, but that's okay. yeah. so he's going around looking for the old crone, and the old crone is like there in disguise. Actually, yeah, we'll so, regularly see some some version of her, right? She pops up a lot and she's kind of like the old man character in the princess switch we'll get to. She's <laughs> just popping up all the time, mostly for no reason, but just to like kind of remind you that there's magic afoot and that she's yes. been <laughs> been watching the whole time. Um so yeah, he he's thrust into this world of electric light. He's walking around and everyone thinks that he's like there as one of the costume characters because there's like you know santa claus and elves and stuff but i'm like who who thinks that the christmas night is like a part of this whole setup well there there's like a bigger con conversation we can have like towards the end of the episode about why the royalty thing is such a big thing in the christmas rom-com world and i think this is directly related to that like for some reason they were just like yeah that makes sense right this is fine like there's like there's like a royal night here this is normal for christmas and it's like i yeah, okay, Ohio. That seems normal for Ohio. Let's all just be clear. Um. <laughs> well, Netflix definitely seems to want us to conflate royalty with Christmas. No, um, it's not just Netflix. I watch a lot of these movies. It's everywhere. It's just like it's fucking everywhere. everywhere. This is just like, becoming a, a trope of the new Christmas movies. Yeah, and I think um. I think I have some answers as to why, but let's get to it towards the end when we're doing like a sum up sort all right. of thing. But like... Uh, so he bumps into Vanessa Hudgens and um, she like spills hot chocolate on him. And he's like, oh, he's fucking hot. these people in these movies are like fucking obsessed with hot chocolate every goddamn time. There's at least like five different scenes of this movie where people are either drinking hot chocolate or talking about hot chocolate or buying hot chocolate. It is just it is a constant presence in this. Film. And they're almost never spiked. I'll be like, okay, listen, when I have hot chocolate, it like always has fucking bourbon in it. Like every single pulling out the peppermint schnapps and stuff. But no, they're just like, ooh, time to get some hot chocolate. They even eat cheeseburgers with hot chocolate in this movie, which which is is psychotic. It's completely psychotic. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You don't drink, you don't even drink anything hot with a cheeseburger. You get a fucking soda, like a normal human. Why would you want that alongside the hot cheeseburger? It's like, it would not be refreshing. It wouldn't cleanse your palate or anything. It does not, it's it's just a disaster. It's like the ultimate, it coats your throat. So you're not tasting like anything. (laughs) Yeah, everything's just going to taste like chocolate. 
Yeah. You're going to have the, the flavor of ground beef mixed with chocolate in your mouth. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have this like theory that like in these movies, nobody behaved like nobody who makes these movies has like ever actually interacted with humans. And so like <laughs> nobody behaves like any human you have ever met or will ever met because these people cannot exist in the real world. These are people who will, like <laughs> you'll see them in their hometowns and be like, in this town, we all live for insert highly specific Christmas tradition at this one little location in this small town. I'm like, so for 12 months out of the year, you have nothing to live for. And then you get to this one day and you all live for like the Christmas tree in the old train station or whatever. <laughs> like, okay. Like yeah, that's the only thing that matters is the yearly lighting of the tree at the old train station. And then everyone just goes about their confusing and lives. Byzantine like, lives. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So on that, on that note, I like, I, it's one of the things that struck me very early about this movie is that the guy who's a knight seems more like an alien really. <laughs> and that it's not like his, his behavior is like out of time or quaint or something. It's just like, unlike any human you've ever seen. He's so confused by everything, but he also just doesn't like, he's not like scared of it or anything. He's just like, oh, I'm not familiar with this. And then he just does bizarre stuff with it as a result. Right. Uh, it, but we'll get into some examples of that. But, <laughs> um, anyway, so when he runs into Vanessa Hudgens, she spills the hot chocolate on him and he's like, oh, this is some fine mead or something. <laughs> and <laughs> For the rest of the movie, he continues to refer to it as mead, despite having been told several times that it is hot chocolate. And despite the fact that hot chocolate bears zero resemblance to mead in any way. That was going to be my point, that it tastes nothing. It's There's nothing about it that is like mead. Like, not, not a single thing about hot chocolate resembles mead in any way. Not smell, not taste, not consistency. There's like nothing about it. That is mead like and this guy is just like no mead i'm like not just like every beverage in the middle ages was mead right like right. They, they didn't just think like everything they consumed was mead they they consumed other things like you know, they would have sure they drinks, like <laughs> yes <laughs> would have it, it's very confusing why he thinks it's mead and why like he's he's drinking like mead gets you drunk eventually he drinks a lot of hot chocolate in this movie. Surely he must notice that he's not getting drunk. But right. he's like, he just keeps on. just like, oh, yeah, this is mean. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so th th there's like two little meet cute kind of moments here. He runs into her and that like he, she's just a little like, oh, sorry for spilling on you. He's like, oh, problem. Good morrow, my dear lady. Mm -hmm. And then, like, just sort of walks off. But then <laughs> later he gets hit by her car as she's mm -hmm. driving away from the market. As he yeah. just, like, sort of runs out into the street. And then there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, the cop has to, like, convince him to go to the hospital and stuff. And he thinks, like, he thinks that the car is, like, a, a steel horse. <laughs> Yes. Something he's referring to it as a steel horse, despite the fact that they would have had carriages back then, which would have been a much better analogy um, than a horse, because you don't get inside a like horse. A, it does not look like a horse. It doesn't look anything like a horse. There's nothing about her little SUV thing that looks like a horse. 
<laughs> yeah. So they convince him to get inside the police horse and they take him to the hospital. And he comes out like looking totally fine, but they're like, oh, he must have some memory loss because he thinks he's a knight from the 14th century. And it's like, that's a strange conclusion to draw because, like, you took him to the hospital. Surely at some point you must have, like, tried to look up his medical records or something. They can't identify him. He has no ID or anything. It's like, maybe this is a little mysterious the fact that oh this guy just has memory loss but also just happens to have no identity that we can track down yes i also think it's just also like i would my assumption would not be oh memory loss i'd be like well he it's clearly there is something he needs to go to like a psychiatric evaluation because something is wrong like like if he actually thinks he is a knight from the middle ages I am concerned that he has some of any number of mental illnesses that are making him think that and he needs some help now. So we should do that. Instead, they're like, why don't you go stay with the local teacher? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like if you have memory loss, you would just not know who you were. You wouldn't suddenly think you're a knight and have all these vivid memories and descriptions of being a knight. Right. I mean, and I'm going to be real that I would not assume, oh, he's telling the truth and he time traveled. Like, obviously, that is not what I think either. So I don't expect them to believe that. But, like, I would not just be like, oh, yeah, he just has amnesia. Like, when you have amnesia, you don't know who you are. You don't just, like, create this identity for yourself. That's not how that works. No. Those are... That's characteristic of other illnesses that he would have. And so they're just like, well, okay. I guess it's fine if you go stay in her guest house. To his credit, the cop in this movie is very concerned about the concept yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of her leaving and leaving with him and having him stay at her guest house. But the like both the diet and her are just like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> also, also mysterious that uh that Vanessa Hudgens has a guest house on a school teacher's salary in like suburban Ohio, but okay. Um, um, I have a lot of questions. This happens all the time in these movies. These people just have like unlimited funds. Um, <laughs> like everyone on their street is like 30, 35 years old and they all have like these really nice houses. What's going on here? This is they bought them before they bought them before 2008. So that's it. That's 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 the answer. They bought these these houses when they were like 20 years old. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So she brings him back to the guest house, and she's like, "Oh, uh, yeah. I apologize. The guest house is like it's kind of shabby, but I'm sure it'll be fine. It's a very nice guest house. It's It's like if I I would live beautifully furnished. Yeah. It's bigger than my apartment, probably. (laughs) It it, it almost (laughs) certainly is bigger than a New York apartment. Uh. It's very nice. She has Alexa, which they make a great deal of playing around with. There's just so many Alexa jokes. It's which just makes like... me wonder if there was like a product placement deal for Alexa here. Um, Alexa somehow only knows I mean, why Christmas not? There's song. always a product placement for Netflix itself in these movies. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, do you want a Netflix binge? And I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I want to die right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they made it very, like, so he, uh, instead of going to sleep that night, he, like, stays up most of the night just watching TV. 
and he says it's because he was like absorbing the culture and dialect, whatever, which which is used to explain why later he just sort of manages to converse with everyone without just having no clue what anyone's saying. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he stays up and she's like, oh, it seems like you've become a binge watcher. It's like, Jesus Christ, Netflix, no. you're really like trying, it to, <laughs> trying to make sure you get all the buzzwords in there so that yeah. we remember uh, what's so great about watching Netflix. Um, also, at some point, he appears to be watching uh, the film Holiday in the Wild which is uh, <laughs> that movie with uh, Charlotte from Sex and the City where she goes off to Africa and falls in love with Rob Lowe or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it, but I did read it in the uh, in the research for doing this episode. I did read a description of it, and so I feel like I recognized it the second that it went on st- screen. You did, some he- you did some real heavy research. I read like a whole BuzzFeed article to prepare for this, let me tell you. Wow, um, I'm so impressed. So- I, on the other hand, just watched a bunch of these movies. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you, that's that's hard enough work here. It sure is. <laughs> We've been going through it here. Um, so yeah, he's like he's playing around with Alexa. He's binge watching Netflix. He's fully become a t- man of 2019, like overnight. Um, God, I wish I could adapt to culture and society that way. You know what? I'm having a hard enough time adapting yeah, to the modern day. Me- it takes me like two years to understand the social norms of a new workplace. So it's sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, at one point, apparently, so Alexa will like only sing Christmas songs. That's like the only, <laughs> every, every time he like tries to make some like strange requests of Alexa, like he, he tries to get her to produce the old crone. Cause he thinks like she's magic or something. Um, Alexa will just play a Christmas song that sounds kind of similar to what he asked for. And it's like, okay, so it's not like, um, it's not like in us when Alexa, uh, accidentally plays fuck the police or something. This Alexa can (laughs) only play Christmas songs that are related to what he's asking for. Um, eventually apparently he gets mad at the Alexa because he couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And so it says, he says he banished her to the night air, which <laughs> turns out he put her in the freezer. You know what I think is a bigger question that we have to ask here? First of all, yikes to the electric device that Vanessa Hudgens spent a lot of money on. But second of all, <laughs> why does she have an Alexa for her guest house? Alexas are not cheap. Yeah. And so you just got one and then we're like, let's put it in this guest house, which I don't live in. And so I don't like- use it. This wasn't like the cheap little Echo Dot one. Right. This was like but the big, the, the extra, have. the XL Alexa. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty expensive device. Also a huge TV in this guest house, of yeah. course. Netflix. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Like a lot of like normal furniture. It's hard <laughs> enough for me to have bought one couch at my age. So, it's nice that, you know, she can just outfit and furnish a whole home. Plus the second home. <laughs> Yeah. So that's normal. Yeah, she's doing really well. Apparently, they they pay teachers very well in Bracebridge, Ohio. Um, mm. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, with all the things I know about Ohio, I really believe that they pay their teachers really well. So when sorry to all the Ohio <laughs> listeners who are offended. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Nat. Um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> she's like 
so when when Vanessa Hudgens finds out that he's been like binge watching the next day, she's like, "Oh yes, you're you're you've become a true binge watcher." And he's he's basically like, "Wouldst thou like to binge or something?" And then they binge watch TV together. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes in this movie are so fucking low. <laughs> the plot is just like, like plot developments are like nothing. It's just he like has oh, so it's a, like, it's a Tuesday now. Like, <laughs> he has some sort of like vital quest that he has to solve, or else he'll never become a true knight. Which yeah. also, there's no real. I, I should have mentioned this. So there's no real proven stakes to what not becoming a true knight means because he already is a knight. He's been knighted. But right. he apparently isn't yet a true knight. I don't he's know. He's not what a that knight means. in his his heart. He's not yeah. a knight in his soul. It's that's what it's about. And but apparently the stakes aren't important enough for him to not waste like a whole day just watching TV. Well <laughs> in the middle let's of this, about this. Who among us, who among us has not had really important things they needed to do, like take an exam or, you know get started on a job hunt or like, you know, any number of things. And you say, you know what, instead of that today, I'm going to watch two seasons of television. on <laughs> We've all been there. So that is actually one of the more realistic parts. You know, you know what? Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. He's just, he's coping with the stress of this uh, quest that he has to go on. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So th they watch more TV. Then like, he has to go out for some reason and like, I guess for, for his quest and yeah. for some reason he decides that he needs to drive yeah. the car. There'll be times where he'll just be like, I must go do something for my quest. And we're all like, the what? Like, are you just going to like, and he like genuinely seems to think he'll just like wander around the town and like the quest will like smack him in the face. I'll be like, that, okay. And we're just, and like, it's again, very low stakes. Cause like he goes out and other things end up happening. Um, and so it's like, it's like, okay, well, I guess we're doing that. But yes, he decides he must take the car, which is one of the most batshit insane moments <laughs> in this entire movie. Um, and in any Christmas rom-com I've ever seen, because he's like, it's okay if I drive this car because I've ridden a ton of animals back where yes. I'm from. We already saw him earlier in the movie get into the car and be completely baffled by literally every single thing inside the car, including yes. the radio. But yes. now he is completely confident that he will be able to operate this motor vehicle. This is and... all because he, he watched Netflix for one night. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, okay, I know how cars work now. Yeah. And and Vanessa Hutchins is like totally fine with him taking it. She's just like, oh, are you sure you can do this? He's like, I've, I've driven teams of horses before. I can do this. Um, and... Then she's just like, okay, go ahead and take my car. And like, what is her excuse for not just like driving him? I can't even remember. Is it she's like she has to bake for that thing that she's doing? Oh, um, probably. There's a there's a lot made about the bake. Of course, there's baking in this movie. There must be baking in every one of baking. these holiday there movies. Must be baking. <laughs> always be baking. And I get it. I totally agree with that statement. There must always be baking. <laughs> there but must be baking. There is always, oh yes, there will be baking. There will be baking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, uh, come Check on. that one off. Okay. Um, <laughs> We've got a Saw reference. We've got a Rock of Ages reference. Let's see how much more we can do today. We're cooking, <laughs> folks. Um, so yeah, so he drives off. She's totally fine with it. She's like, uh, like she even sees him like pull out of the driveway, very messily. 
Yeah. But he does, to his credit, know to turn the wheel to back the back end into the street after he's come off the driveway. I mean, the fact that he knows to turn the wheel to turn the vehicle, he has never taken any, he's never read a driver's manual. He's never taken a single in-person instruction. He's never done anything. He's just like ridden in a car twice in his life. In his entire life, he's been in a car twice. And he's just like, I can drive because I ride horses. And <laughs> as somebody who has ridden horses and also can drive, I got to say, very different. Very different experiences. There's nothing similar about the two. Extremely different. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, he drives off. And um, it, Vanessa Hudgens is having like a conversation with her sister who pops up periodically in this movie. Um, she is played by who again? Wait, what you the sister is it Emmanuel Shriki? Yes, Emmanuel Shriki, which is a big, <laughs> a big blast from the past. Having her show up and yes. like, oh, I haven't seen you since Entourage. <laughs> um, so, and she was like, you know, what? Like, she's apparently been apprised of the whole night situation. They've talked about it a little bit, but she's like, you know, other than thinking he's a 14th century knight, he's the complete package. And it's I literally I, it comes down to just being like, he's hot. These people exactly. are like these people are like horny and they're like, we will do anything for good dick. Like and like respect 100 <laughs> percent But they're like, it doesn't matter if they like are completely fucking nuts and think they are a knight from the Middle Ages. Hot. Listen, this is it. They're hot. Do it. There's not yeah. a lot of options in Bracebridge, Ohio. I and exactly, and I think that I really respect Emmanuel Shriki and Vanessa Hudgens for thinking. You know what? I can set the pure bat shittery of all of this aside for how hot he is. I get it? It's get worth it. it. It's worth it because literally, like, he's also like, after he's the- nine months or whatever of pandemic lockdown, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> get that night dick already. Um, but. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, he's the complete package. But I'm like, well, what? It, it literally just he's good looking and he's polite. That's literally like you don't know what his job is. You don't know anything about his history job, or whatever. His job is saving fair maidens from <laughs> dragons. Right. <laughs> but assuming that he is actually a amnesiac who thinks he's a knight, we literally know nothing about him. We know nothing. He thinks he's a knight um, right at now. At this point, maybe it's become apparent that he's actually a really good baker because that's a thing that happens. He bakes well. That is a thing that shows um, up. And that is also a thing that makes literally no sense because as both a man and a knight, he would not have done any baking in the 1300s. So, yeah, as a man and a knight, there's no reason he should actually know how to bake there is plenty of reason why people from the Middle Ages more broadly bake really well. There's a lot oh, of yes. good baking, and we have a lot of good recipes that are still preserved. But there's also a lot of differences in baking style just because, like, sugar was different then. You had to, like, mm-hmm. refine it yourself and that sort of thing. And, like, like none of that is mentioned here. And he just, like, bakes these delicious-looking breads, like, out of nowhere. I'm like, she doesn't have the things that you would think you need. Like, she doesn't <laughs> have those. So I'm very find confused. me some also, sorghum flour. Like what? So why do you know how to work an oven? Like like a real like a modern oven. Like he's I, totally not perplexed by that by not having to like stoke the fire or anything. Right. Also also I have to I have to go back to something that happened earlier. But 
um, in, the, in the first night he spends in the guest house, at one point he starts like a big bonfire in the front yard. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Using somehow to try to catch a skunk that he's going to eat. It's yes. a it's a really weird part. But the, my question at this point was, how did he start that fire? Like, yeah. He would not know how to operate a lighter, and I'm pretty sure he didn't like bring flint and steel with him. I don't even know if steel was around in the 1300s, but I'm pretty sure he would not have just been able to pop up a quick bonfire like that. He did without- some serious boy scouting. Like it was like for real. Um, yeah, that is, is a pretty insane moment. You know what I also think about? Like the first time he had to use like a contemporary toilet. Like, how did that go for you? Oh my God. Like, did you, like, he wouldn't have known how to do that on his own. Like, he wouldn't have known where to find a, like, you think about it, a bathroom in, like, in the Middle Ages, probably most of his ex- exposure to bathrooms would have been out of the main house, mm-hmm. you would think. Yeah, um, a lot of times you just go, you go to an outbuilding, or sometimes castles yeah. had, a like, a in built-in a castle, toilet. you would have, yeah, yeah. Um, but it would have been... Like just a long hole to the <laughs> yes, and so he would have had to. She would have had to like potty train him in a lot of ways. I'm like, it's like I think a really weird thing. We aren't thinking enough about how bad he must have smelled when he first showed up. Yeah, is that true? Because they showered like very irregularly, <laughs> so you know he didn't shower. Like you know, most of us these days. Maybe not these days, but in pre-pandemic times, probably would have showered every day on average. Mm. Now, you know, now in the pandemic time, people aren't <laughs> leaving their homes. I'm not going to judge anybody who's not showering. <laughs> Wait, you're showering? I, I didn't know we were showering. <laughs> um, I do personally shower, but you know, um, I understand if you haven't left your home in two days, why can't you shower every other day or so instead? Um, but like, he must have smelled terrible. He's coming from a hunt. He probably didn't shower before the hunt. Right. As um, we saw, he went out wearing like heavy chain chainmail and stuff, despite yeah. the fact that they weren't like going out to fight enemies. They were just going to like. Right. There's actually no reason he prey. would wear heavy chainmail on a hunt. Like, I mean, I will admit that Robert Baratheon, the great king, was killed by a wild boar. On That's a hunt true. Some. Maybe he heard about that. He was like, oh, I don't want. I'm not going out like Robert Baratheon. Um, <laughs> Honestly, in this world, Westeros is probably canon. So it could be. <laughs> um, like, yeah, let's let's write that slash fic. Um, I. But yeah, so he's been wearing that heavy chainmail. He shows up probably quite sweaty. Yes. Um, and there was not really deodorant in the way we think of it <laughs> available yes. at the time. Correct. <laughs> I mean, I'll admit that yeah. our bodies have changed due to our now more frequent showering. And so, like, back then, it probably isn't as bad as we think it would be if you only shower once a month. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah. still not great. Like, I can't imagine. Exactly. Great, you know, I, um, like, people weren't, like, downright filthy all the time. But right. they would they would have smelled pretty pretty ripe by today's standards. Yes. Uh, they just wouldn't have noticed it back then. Exactly. To them, that's, like, a normal bodily smell, right? Um, 
So basically everything that he tries in this movie, he is very good at. Um, like we mentioned the baking and everything. They, they even refer to him at some point as a Renaissance man, which <laughs> I was thinking like, he, <laughs> he would not even know what the Renaissance um, having been from before that time, but it does seem a lot of, in a lot of this movie that they, they would have been better off just making him from like Tudor England rather than, the 1300s i right. i get that they wanted to make him like a real knight the way we think of it with like the armor and the swords and riding around but if they right. just made him from from like the 1500s the language problem goes away a lot more of this stuff would make sense because <laughs> a lot of the references they use seem to be much more like a renaissance or later era of england yeah, and you can't even, yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, he's very much more Renaissance. I mean, even in just, like, the way that he, I mean, the way he talks still isn't Renaissance, but it is more Renaissance than it is Middle, Middle Ages. Um, Middle English is, like, incomprehensible to most. Like, your average American viewer would be like, what the fuck? Have you ever read the Canterbury Tales? You don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Uh, yeah. If, you, if you're not used to reading that kind of English, right? And so... Uh, you know, they obviously they definitely would have been. The thing about that is that the Renaissance didn't have these sort of like knights who go out on these hunts and do these quests like that is mm -hmm. not a Renaissance concept. Right. And so they were sort of like, how can we have our cake and eat it, too? And so that's what they decided. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, it didn't, you know, it's like it's kind of like watching. um What's that restaurant that I'm thinking of? The one where you go and you watch the knights fight. Oh, um, medieval times. Medieval times. It's like medieval <laughs> times made a rom com, and you're sort of like, okay, this is fine. Um, and as somebody who who really loves them. going to medieval times, even though it's a very inaccurate portrayal of <laughs> Middle Ages, I love going to medieval times. There, listen, I will tell you one thing. I consider myself a medievalist in a lot of ways because that is what I studied and that's what I do, did in college. Um, but there's nothing I like more than really bad depictions of the Middle Ages. Like, this is very <laughs> fun for me and this is it's a pure delight to watch. So. It can be entertaining, that's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I still need to go to medieval times. I it's really want to go. Let's, I like Renaissance. Fairs, you know what? So. Podcast trip. It's sort of like a movie. Um, so we can do that and then make a road trip to do Dolly Parton's stampede thing. Where it's oh the same yeah, thing, but Dolly Parton themed. So um, we can do that. Oh, well, we that'll just... be the pot. That'll be a podcast episode. <laughs> we'll just like live pod from the from there. We'll be like, what the fuck is going? We should on just right spend now? like a whole week in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and stuff like. that. <laughs> I love Pigeon Forge. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. We're on. Um. So yeah. So he, he the guy is the, the knight is dri driving off the car. Um. And he basically he like leaves it kind of half on the sidewalk, half in the street with the door wide open. <laughs> <laughs> it parks like so. 
It's so great because like Vanessa Hudgens was like so chill about letting him take the car. And then she like gets a call from the police that her car has been found. And she goes down. She's like, oh, no, is Cole hurt? And he's like, he's fine. He just walked away from the car because he has no idea how to park it. Right, because why would he know how to park a car? Why the fuck would he know how to do that? You send him into, like, downtown, small town Ohio. Like, what if he, like, people, like, parallel park in small towns. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, I'm pretty sure I couldn't have even parallel parked here, especially with the snow. But he is just, like, he's not even trying. And he's, like, he's just hanging out again in the holidays. Which is apparently like one of the three sets they got for this movie. Um, <laughs> so he's back there. I don't even remember what he's doing. And then they they go off. They get they go to the supermarket to get like the supplies for baking, I guess. And he's like he's trying to load up on the mead that he loves so much. Yeah. <laughs> he just starts like he finds out that they have it there and he just starts loading all these things of hot chocolate into the cart and she's like I think we just need one and he just gives her this kind of look and he just keeps putting the hot chocolate oh, I forgot about the stuff. yeah that is what happens um, that's really he, good that's also where he, he does know about the baking he gets the right ingredients for that somehow cause right, like, like, he wouldn't even know like how to refer to the things as the things that she knows how to find probably like a lot of them like and like and like why does he know how to bake he's a knight he's a knight <laughs> doesn't make any sense but she he it, i think she was like originally gonna use like dinner rolls or something and whatever she was doing and yeah. he like opens the bag in the store and he's like eating them he's like oh this is awful i can make much better bread it's like how how do you know how to make bread okay whatever it is um, a very good skill to have if a knight were to save my life i would feel much better if they could also offer me freshly baked bread that they'd made so i just like personally speaking um also i'd fall in love with them and marry them and so that'd be nice so <laughs> if if a knight is out there and wants to rescue me from a dire situation give me freshly baked bread that they happen to have made any knights out there who know how to bake, uh, hope you heard that. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> We're looking ready for you. Um, so, but at that, that's the point. Like, and after that, there's like a scene actually baking, and I'm like, why is there always baking in these movies? There's always like they have, there are like some... certain notes that have to be hit in all of these movies, and a baking scene is one of them. Uh, there's like a quota <laughs> of hot chocolate you have to meet that is also very relevant. Um, <laughs> You know, there's also there's a, there has to be at least one like I don't believe in love Christmas whatever statement that gets perfectly reflected later back to them somehow. Like they're like, oh, I do believe. Like they have to say the exact. You know, like like these are things that have to happen in all yes. of these movies. You got to hit the notes. And that way, it actually is very medieval because a lot of medieval drama was like the same plot beats but like repurposed into different like things and like looked at in different ways. And like, so in that way, this is actually very medieval. And so <laughs> that's kind of cool. I was thinking that the, like, not particularly this one, but the princess switch is downright Shakespearean in some of the, the twists and turns. That oh it yeah. Takes. The, a Christmas prince is like, and that's a very Shakespeare trope too. Like the idea of like switching personalities and like being in disguise and all of that. That's very mm -hmm. Shakespearean. 
Uh, <laughs> it is great. And, and much, much in the tradition of have some great works of literature here. Um, <laughs> this is, so there's, yeah, there's the baking scene. And then like, there's some, uh, they find out that, uh, what Emmanuel Shariki's daughter has gone missing. Oh and my God, like, there's that. just, there's, there's so many little moments in this movie that's like, oh, there's something that went wrong, and then we have to, like solve it, and then it's it's done, and then like like that little onto a fr- for some reason I don't know why <laughs> she just like walks out onto the lake. She says like, we got lost. In- no, it's like well, lake? it's like it's like a mayor and then like the daughter's friend like are outside playing in the backyard. I gotta tell you, it's a bad snowstorm, and the adults are like a bad storm. Like it's like really. Calm. Coming it was like, in the snow yeah. somewhere, and they had to like pull her out. Yeah. She was just like, like lying yeah. down in the so, snow. So like, why did you? you um, didn't, and then we like, get the, to the snow. Do- did not make you leave the backyard. Like you could have stayed right by the door, <laughs> and still played in the snow because there's like three feet of snow on the ground or whatever. So like, you would have been fine. Um, it went to like and be his real quest. Right. Like remember, he's like, oh my quest, and he's like so excited to have done his quest, but it's like. That actually wasn't your quest. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of your quest was actually just falling in love. I don't he know. always keeps thinking that he's going to be done, and then he's like, "No, no, that's not it." Like, I, I don't know how he knows that he hasn't finished it yet. But I think you mm. can. I think the okay. I think there are two things. One, in his worldview, you can feel when you've done this thing, right? Like you, you like know internally, you know. True. But second of all. You know, I think he's got to assume that the old crone is going to turn up in some way and he's going to notice and he's going to be right. like, ah, she's going to like wink through a crowd and be like, you are done now, squire. You did good, kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Did good. So, yeah. So, like, she's out in the middle of the lake and I was thinking like, oh, this is just like breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna. This is just going to end with like her crashing through then they're gonna have to get to the hospital and like like she's gonna be fighting for her life but no like they he like has her crawl across the ice towards him which mm-hmm. is fairly accurate on how to escape a thin ice situation yeah so, that's actually what you should do that's i gave them like props a- for that that yeah. was good um <laughs> but then yeah he after that he's like no my quest is not quite complete so then they like just go home and then that little section of the movie is over <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a, it's like a traumatic experience for these young girls. So we just move on. It is. It should be. But they're like totally fine in the scene. So <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, there's um then there's like the the holiday party scene where um they're like they're doing the necessary like charity porn scene of these. Christmas. Yeah, what even is the plot helping. there? There's like there's like some drama where like people are like sad. Oh, because there's a family that doesn't have a lot of money. And yeah. so yeah. And they're yeah. like, we just gave all this money to this family and gave there's them gifts like, so they could have a you know what's another Christmas. trope of these movies? There's like an implicit criticism of capitalism that they just sort of gloss over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it'll it'll be like his wife died of a terrible illness. And so the medical bills totally bankrupted him. So he can't give his daughters a Christmas. And I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's, it's fine though, because because the citizens band together and just give them enough money, they somehow have enough money themselves. And so they it's just fine give it to them. And then everything's he, fine. 
He can just start an OnlyFans. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Single dad ready to mingle. <laughs> yeah, oh, so there's God. there's that part. Um, I guess that's like to show that like she has a good heart too or something because she was yeah. involved with that. She has a good heart even though she doesn't believe in love. She has a good heart. <laughs> right. I promise. And so... And like Cole is like wearing his night costume around again, like taking pictures with people. And again, like this is he seems to really grasp very quickly the concept of taking pictures, despite the fact that there was nothing even close to that in his time, let alone like the portable cell phones that are in everyone's pocket that are taking pictures. He must the like He's just like the most like well-adjusted man of all time. And it's like very <laughs> upsetting. Like nobody has ever been that well-adjusted. It's troubling really. How <laughs> Everybody quickly... has like enough childhood trauma to make them never be that well-adjusted. Like nobody's that adjusted. And not just that he just rolls with it and isn't horrified every waking moment that he's in completely unfamiliar hellscape, but also that he's just like he can figure it out like he's like oh yeah you smile when people are ready to take a picture i don't know what a yeah. picture is but people are always taking them so i gotta smile <laughs> what is he doing the it's first also amazing time- that he's so like roll with everything chill kind of guy like but he's also a knight you would think he would have gotten killed at this point i mean honestly you think he wouldn't even have made it to the point where he gets sent into the future because he's just so such like a bumbling idiot he would have gotten killed by like a bear <laughs> Like, <laughs> like if, if you think that he's like somehow really well adjusted to his own time, that does not that does not fly in my, with me. I don't think yeah. that I don't think that he like totally would fit in with medieval society if he just so quickly can adapt to this new set of situations. It's very upsetting. <laughs> There's something wrong with this man. I think that like. Yeah, he needs to, I don't know, he needs a lot of things. And this is why I think he acts more like an alien than he does like a knight. Because it's not like he has like different customs and habits and stuff that are strange and unfamiliar. It's like that he's just completely uh, like new to every form of human interaction. And he's just like approaching it like like almost like a child would. Just like, oh, interesting. Okay, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's always just like smiling and kind of like hmm huh yeah we need we need like a, a a sequel to the night before christmas where we find out that he's actually not from the like 14th century that we think he's from either he's actually from a totally other time and got sent there but then got sent back to this time too and it's written <laughs> by robert eggers and- yes <laughs> it's like it's some, some terrifying like un otherworldly planet that he comes from yeah. and then through some other like rom-com action he gets set into the middle ages on earth and then he gets sent yeah. forward into 2019 and that's why he's so chill with it he's like oh this like this like cute antiquated technology whatever um, he's like well i already adapted to one completely s- different set of circumstances so this is relatively not that bad right <laughs> um <laughs> So he apparently 
So uh, yes, so <laughs> there was. I want the Robert Eggers movie to also star Vanessa Hudgens, but doing her Princess Switch thing, where she plays herself, but also she plays Gabriella from High School Musical, <laughs> and she just sings like every line she does. That would be amazing. <laughs> just like mash it all together. Yeah. See what comes out. Uh, so there's like there was like a mild source of conflict potentially set up early in the movie where like this redhead hussy comes by and (laughs) while he's while he's out like jousting with the christmas decoration she comes by and like tries to invite him out for caroling and he's like oh i already have an engagement at that time or something so he can't do it Mm -hmm. um but it's set up that like she's trying to have this man too. Um, (laughs) But then like the only other time that's addressed is here at the Christmas party when she like comes up to him and she's like, Ooh, look, we're standing under mistletoe, which I have also figured out like this moment is in every one of these Christmas movies too. There's always a mistletoe moment, of course. But so she's like, oh, we're standing under mistletoe. And of course, he's from the 14th century, so he doesn't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> are there are there bugs above us? Are there? <laughs> yeah. So she's like, oh, traditionally, will you kiss under the mistletoe? And then she sees him looking over at Vanessa Hudgens, and she's just like, oh, you should probably save it for someone else, though, and just walks away. And that's it. That's the whole conflict in this movie about whether he's gonna get together with the other woman and that's like a standard thing like the other woman trope will just be like very lightly used um just you know it's like there it's like oh maybe you'll fear you'll feel the threat for like a moment and it's like i don't really want to like i'm watching this movie right now because i want like the lowest stakes possible like i really don't want any drama right now well, like this movie it, truly is the lowest stakes you can get it's like not but like yes <laughs> uh, well I you think other christmas rom-coms i know <laughs> okay, that's true <laughs> i'm just saying i'm approaching this genre as an outsider yeah so this is my first impressions like i've watched a few similar movies to this before shall i say i've watched like christmas do-over Obviously, mm-hmm. I've seen like Love Actually, which is a different kind of movie, but also a Christmassy rom com. But yeah. like this specific type of Christmas rom com, like the really like made for TV kind, um, yeah. I really feel like just from the first two that I've seen here, um, very, very low stakes. That is like, because you think he's in another time, he doesn't know what's going on, all sorts of things could happen. He could get like killed by something that he's unfamiliar with. He could get stuck in this time, whatever. Supposedly he has this quest that he's supposed to fulfill or else he won't be a true knight. But it never seems like anyone in the movie is actually concerned about that. So we're not well, concerned about it either. It's clear that nobody in the movie except for him should be concerned about it because they don't believe that he's a knight from the Middle Ages. Like, I, you know, can't, can't blame them for that one because but, if somebody told me they were a knight from the Middle Ages, I would also be like, no, you're fucking not. Shut up. Like, but nobody <laughs> seems overly concerned that this guy thinks he's a knight from the Middle Ages. <laughs> they just kind of roll with it. They're like, oh, he's a little quirky. Um, but yeah so there's that and then like not only are the stakes very low but there's just like no real sense of conflict when the redhead was first introduced i was like "Ooh, a rival like maybe this will get interesting but it went away so quickly 
that I was like, why, why was that even introduced to me? That's sort of like the thing of all of these. Like they, they'll have these like little conflicts that will like bubble up throughout these movies, but like ultimately they don't amount to much and you never really feel them. And like they're, they're dismissed with pretty quickly and they're just there to sort of like create like a, a sort of padding for a plot that will like drive you through. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they're just there so that you're not just watching two people fall happily in love and get a happy ending. Like got to see a few road bumps along the way, even if they're nothing and you can always tell that they'll never be anything. You got to feel them very briefly, just little bumps. Well, it's like not even really road bumps. They're not like yellow lines in the road that actually you feel they're like, there's like a rock in the road and they sort of go over them. They're just like the guidelines of a plot. Just like the, yes. the, the enough of a plot to be familiar to you. So you're like, Oh, I'm watching a movie and not and just think, a disconnected series of events. I think there's like something I, like, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, one is that like, it's fucking, I mean, it's Christmas time. We're all fucking stressed out right now. Even in a non-2020 year, Christmas time is like, oh, I've got to buy gifts for 40 different people for some reason. And mm -hmm. I've got to plan all of these other things. I'm going to do all of these other things and yada, yada, yada. It's all happening. And I'm only given one day off of work for the Christmas season for some reason because, but they, my workplace will still be like, oh, have you bought your gifts yet? Everybody at work will ask me. I'm like, no, I bought my gifts. I'm here 12 hours a day every day. What the fuck do you <laughs> think I've done? Um, and so, you know, we're all like, oh, if I'm going to watch a Christmas movie, I want it to be like the most like mind numbing bullshit I could possibly. <laughs> something, something you can watch while you're wrapping presents and look up every five minutes and still know you what's still going know on. Exactly what the fuck is happening. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I have no questions about the plot now. Like you look at this. I haven't watched the movie we are actively discussing right now. In over a year at this point. <laughs> I have not seen it in over a year, and I'm still like, oh, yeah, I know everything that happened in that movie. I remember it perfectly. Like, you're, you're perfectly capable of recap because so little actually happens that you're just like, exactly. oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that this was a particularly easy, like, watch while you're on your phone kind of move. Because yep. it's no like, the, I, there would be times where I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to this now and like yeah. you can't even really do it that way because the scenes like the scenes will be like a five minute scene or something that like two different things happen in and the rest yeah. of it is just kind of like people sitting around smiling or yep. watching tv or something and talking about things that just like don't matter or being like well what do you think he he thinks what do you think is going on? And I'm like, you've had this conversation seven times with three different people. There's just <laughs> scenes of people baking and stuff. And you're yeah. like, oh, I got the gist of that. I think the nice thing about it the is the three it, times I looked up. It's like simultaneously, like the realest shit. Like that my my life is literally just me having the same conversations with people over and over and over and baking food and drinking hot beverages. <laughs> but but i also don't behave anything like this it's like this weird like like it's sort of like like these christmas movies are inherently uncanny valley everything about them they're like the most yes. realistic shit you could possibly watch because it's just like life is just like this like i don't do shit i talk to people about my problems and i talk to four different people about the one same problem because i want four different people to give me advice and i want it all to be very different advice just in case one person gives me the advice that i really want to follow to begin with <laughs> and then i am going to drink like three hot chocolates in a week 
<laughs> and, but they're all gonna have a lot of bourbon in them for some reason because that's who I am personally on a like and I'm it's going to no, that's that's me and I am going to get excited about Christmas and it's never gonna live up to my expectations um and that's that's me and that's what these movies are too but at the same time none of these people act like anybody I've ever met or seen <laughs> like like nobody talks like this nobody says things like this nobody tells a fifth grade <laughs> student love is fake and they'll all cheat on you like nobody does that <laughs> that's not normal and if a te- if my, a teacher ever tells my future children that i would be like you have a problem and you need to see a therapist because you don't talk to kids <laughs> that way like it is like <laughs> a bizarro world there's definitely parts of both of these movies I, like started to get this feels like it was like procedurally generated or something by an AI. They are. Like, they all are. They all are. Like every single the, a one human of human did write this script. Yeah. They just like and, had a computer the script and they like uh, they gave it to the actors. They're like, all right, this is what we're doing. Yes. And I probably <laughs> watched about like 15 of them this season. And like they're all like this. They're all just like, I don't understand like how you wrote these movies and like exist in the real world. Like it just does not make any sense to me. I cannot compute like what world you think we are all living in, but it's not, we don't live, we don't inhabit the same reality. We just don't. You live in a reality where like, like these are people, like the people who write these movies are like, I don't really care about politics. It doesn't matter to me (laughs) because they live in like a little bubble where all of the houses look the same and it snows every day between November 20, er, whatever Thanksgiving is and December 25th. It snows every single day in that time. And then it never snows again because after that winter is still just like nice and like kind of cool, but it's fine. It's not that, it's not that bad. Whereas for the rest of us, it's like fucking ice every day between December 25th and March. And we all have to live in like hell zone. And meanwhile, we have politicians not letting us like, live but they'll give plenty of money to like fucking war and like they, these people are just like and eh, whatever I, I don't know like none of this matters we are all apolitical and we are all living here and we don't believe in love until the man who owns the christmas tree farm tells us that love is real <laughs> and then we all believe because the man who owns a christmas tree farm is our only guiding light in this universe <laughs> like, he's got like, nuggets of wisdom. He's like, like they're all just like well the man who runs a christmas tree farm said it so we gotta believe him and it's like, why? He runs a Christmas tree farm. Like, oh my god, I completely <laughs> forgot the scene in this movie. Tree farm. Um, <laughs> There's always a Christmas tree farm scene. There is always a Christmas tree scene. Always. The guy, he, the knight goes to like chop down the tree, but it's like on a stand or something. So he just knocks it over. And then <laughs> like the other couple that's there, the guy's like, I want to do that. And somehow he has it. Too, and he knocks over the tree. <laughs> What's I, him? <laughs> have no explanation. I watched another scene. one I watched recently where they like go out to get a Christmas. I think it was the Christmas switch too. It has to be. It was like one where they go out to get a Christmas tree and they're like, and he's like, we can't just go take a random tree. We can't steal somebody's tree. And the girl's like, you own this land. And he's like, do I? And I'm like, this is fucked up. Like you don't know what land you own. <laughs> like I own it. I own this. Really? That I wanted like her to be like Christmas. everything the light touches. <laughs> um, but oh god, I think it. I think it's the Princess Switch. Um, two, the sequel, uh-huh. which is like two. insane. Okay. It's an insane fucking movie. Like <laughs> so. Whoop there. 
But anyway, so so the the redhead goes away. No, the redhead never mattered. <laughs> the she never redhead, mattered. yeah, gives up. Um, and then he kisses Vanessa Hudgens under the mistletoe, and then he like he knows his quest is complete. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you feel it in your heart. <laughs> so it's like his his quest was just to go to the future and get some. And then he was but not kissed. even really he would be a true knight. Like he just didn't get really a little. Um, like he just he kissed her. He kissed her. Just get a little something. No. Um, yeah. So he then did, did did they? Is this the movie where they meet the 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 cheating ex in the in the diner when he's eating all the burgers? <laughs> right. Yes. There's a very brief <laughs> during the part where they're drinking hot co- hot chocolate with their burgers. There is a point where the ex and his new girlfriend are in the um diner of course there always has to be an x in these movies too for some reasons like oh well, the because they, the, but well, i'm over him now it's because they're, they're always hurt by past love so like mm-hmm. it's so not always why they are the way it's they not are. always a living x i want to be clear sometimes it's an x who died and they're <laughs> like really sad about it so like it's not it's not always like somebody who cheated on them or did them wrong. Those are your two like options. That. Either they've either they're completely heartbroken from the loss of a loved one or they're yeah. jaded against the idea of love itself because yes. someone cheated on them and left them. Yeah, um, right. generally it doesn't it's not always cheating either. Sometimes it's just like he decided he, we weren't right for one another. And he has like a new perfect girlfriend. Like that's another trope that happens a lot of these movies. Um, oh my God. But um, there, it's some variant of that. There, there is always a past lover who is important. So they, yeah. So they run into him at the diner. They don't run into him. He's just like sitting at a table across the diner, like completely far well, there's away. There's like one, there's and, like one restaurant in town. So of course he's there. I yeah, mean, like it's the, the only place they ever go. And so, and she's like, oh yes, that is my, X and of course somehow the knight knows instantly what an X is and he's like, <laughs> yeah, like that's not a word that they had <laughs> like she explains the situation that he like cheated on her and now he's with like the person he cheated on her with so and be like, like cheating in the middle ages would have been like okay like everybody slept with people what, what is cheating <laughs> what you mean he slept with someone else so it was a Tuesday what um <laughs> And so, and like, he's like really mad about it. Oh, his sword in the middle of the diner. <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. We have laws against that. You can't do that. And like, I don't even think he would have a concept of what laws are in the same way. Like, that's how long ago he's from. It was yeah. just like. Whatever the king said was allowed was allowed. There's no also like, like maybe you 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 shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't have allowed him to bring his sword to the diner. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's got his sword so much during this movie. It's really it's baffling to me. There's many times when he has his sword around. Like, he should not have his sword right now. That doesn't make any sense. But then there's other times when. Like she tells him he can't bring the sword, and so he like stabs it into the ground in her front yard and just leaves it there. I'm like, I think that would probably be pretty important to him. I doubt he'd just want to leave it lying around, but okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. But anyway, once once he has completed his quest, which is apparently to just 
make out with Vanessa Hudgens in 2019. He uh, is sent back and to And who his among us isn't on that quest? <laughs> I mean, I'm still on that quest, but I, at this I mean, point, I, I'd I have to go back in time. But <laughs> anything possible, whenever the old crone shows up for me, she'll send me on my quest, and I'll go make out with Vanessa Hudgens Here in 2019. All of us will get our quest one of these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he, he uses the amulet or whatever to travel back in time. And it's very funny that he knows how to travel back in time. Like a crone shows up in second time. He like kind of grasps the amules down and then like swirls away out of time. Um, I think the thing to note is that this is clearly a knight who's read Arthurian legends. He knows that sometimes things just show up and send you on quests and you just have to not question what they want from you because the moment you start questioning it is when you fail and get your head chopped off by your enemy. So yes, it is. It is. The whole thing is very, uh, yes, but, and he, so he goes back to his time and I don't like, I don't even remember what Vanessa Hudgens is doing during this part, but she, Oh, she's just kind of like, Oh, you know, I thought he was the one for me, but he had to go back to his time. But I do, I do believe in love now. And meanwhile, he like goes back to his time and like the whole thing was he was trying to get back in time for his brother's knighting ceremony or something. Um, (laughs) And so he's, he shows up like just in time for it. His brother's like, Oh, like, Hey, we (laughs) we were looking for you for like five days. (laughs) Everybody <laughs> just thought he like got lost in the woods and died or something, but he just like shows up and his horse like runs out to meet him. Yeah. Um and then he but then he's just like, you know, like they always teach us the most important thing to uh, the important part of the knight's code or something is love. And like I must follow where love leads me. And I must like go back to the the other time. And his brother's just like, okay, dude, cool. <laughs> and he's like, but I might miss your night nighting ceremony. He's like, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> and so he just goes back into 2019. And that is it. Like he just he just came back to say goodbye to his brother. And then he goes back to 2019. Um, and then but when he comes back to 2019, he brings the horse with him. He does bring the horse with him. <laughs> like the horse wasn't with him the first time. Around. Brings the horse and he just shows up like on Main Street in the middle of the day in like Bracebridge, Ohio. And people like yes. see him show up and are like, oh. Like they're not they're not really like, what the fuck is happening? They're just like, oh, he was a knight the whole time. Well, this <laughs> Just another day in Ohio. Sometimes yeah. you're walking down the street in Ohio and things happen. And sometimes those things are middle ages knights show up. They just mm-hmm. they just appear and you're like, okay, well, we're in Ohio, so anything goes out here. Um, why not? It's like completely like there's like he shows up and he's on this horse, and it's like I just distinctly remember thinking like it's like this like joyous moment, and I'm like, I would be terrified if I witnessed this. I'd be like, something very bad has occurred and there's a rift in time and we should be afraid of this rift in time because God only <laughs> knows what's next is going to come through the bubonic plague. Like, yeah, I don't what if know. He's carrying the black death with him. Who knows? I mean, the black like, death is easily curable in 2019, <laughs> but like, you never know. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. You never know. It could, it, it, it's just, it's not a good sign when someone shows up out of a portal dressed as a knight. Um, right. Like, I don't like when people show up out of portals. I don't want that to happen in my daily life. I know I'm saying this as though I witnessed it regularly. I haven't. That's never happened to me. But if it did, I would be afraid. <laughs> my my reaction would not be joy and applause and a, like, parade aesthetic for this man <laughs> on a horse who right. walked out of a portal. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> so anyway, he, like, so he decides he's going to stay here and, like, he... He's in love with Vanessa Hudgens and like, they're going to be together now. And she's like, Oh, like, what are you going to do now? Like you're, 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 you can't be a knight in 2019. He's like, Oh, like I, maybe I'll open a bakery or maybe I'll like become a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Those are his two options. Cause he's good at baking bread, but also he like got along really well with like the cop from earlier because he kept like showing up every time Cole did something like really awesome. And he was like, Oh yeah, you've got, you've got what it takes to be on the force. God, he like, he like in one fell swoop, he like, you know, he's like a himbo, which we all like, but then he was like, maybe I'll be a cop. And we're all like, mm, never mind. Like, <laughs> he's turning rogue. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, this movie is uh police apologism. <laughs> <laughs> Copaganda. Yes. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so so he's he's apparently just gonna just find a living in 2019. And then in like it's not like I think he it's needs like, to get a job. Vanessa Hudgens makes enough to own a house with a huge guest house. <laughs> she just like not work. He's stay at home. He's definitely stay at home himbo husband. <laughs> That's what he should be. That is very much the And quite frankly, I want to be a stay-at-home dad, and I want to marry somebody who will just pay for me to do that. But if the alternative is having that guy as my stay-at-home husband, (laughs) Himbo, fine. I'll work instead. That's fine with me. Sure. Whatever. Would that we could all be blessed with a stay-at-home Himbo night. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And then in, like, the post-credits, scene or something or a mid credit scene there's like the brother is back in medieval times and the crone shows up to him and is like oh you're a knight now it's time for you to have a quest <laughs> so obviously the implication is that like the sequel is going to be the brother coming for coming into the future i think as well. that- my my thought is that the sequel is literally going to happen in 2021 because the princess switch happened in 2018 and then the night before Christmas happened in 2019 and then the sequel to the princess switch happened in 2020. I think it's only fair that we get a sequel to the night before Christmas in 2021. Can't wait. Can't wait. It would be interesting. We, we would get to see some of how well Sir Cole has adapted to the modern era. He, it's going to be like this thing where like he's adapted like super well and his brother is going to have a hard time and he's going to have to like teach his brother how to adapt. Like that's going to be the plot, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, then he's going to fall in love with Emmanuel Shriki. No, or, no, no, no. If we're, if we're lucky, Netflix is going to finally do the gay Christmas. So ooh, let's hope. Let's yeah, hope. Let's could hope. be. He'll um, get to be like, oh, you know, in my time, do this, but... I've always well, at this time he would have. It just you couldn't get married or anything. Yeah, but like, you, just you could do it. Do like, it in the background. Yeah, you could have sex with the man. Fine. <laughs> you just couldn't. You know. <laughs> um. So. But <laughs> Netflix hasn't. Netflix hasn't done that yet. The other networks are doing gay Christmas rom coms now, but Netflix hasn't 
done it hmm. quite again. Interesting. Well, actually, uh, what's that? There was that Let It Snow with uh, the girl from Sabrina, and one of the the main plots was actually like a young lesbian. Like she, they're all high schoolers in that. Oh, movie. interesting. So she's like a lesbian, and that's the plot. Um, but. I did see what was it? Happiest season. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that's actually a movie where like it the 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 mortal sin happiest season makes is that the stakes are actually kind of high, right? And so like that, it's like it tries to walk a line of like having these, like it's like a serious issue, but it's trying to present it as like a light rom-com at times too. And I'm like, you right. can't have, you just cannot have this both ways. I actually don't, I like it more than some people do, but like, I'd like, I see the issues with it. It's sort of like, well, you just like, can't do both. You just can't do that. Yeah. That's not I how that works. Hate <laughs> it, but that what that is pretty similar to like what, a lot of my downside for that movie was is that like it's like it's trying to be like goofy and silly and like fun light rom-com but also like it has some extremely dark like very heavy actual big issue stuff that's yeah. like i don't like i don't feel like we can walk the line between these two things and that effectively just, like, easily very easily circumvented the whole problem by just like not making the one character's parents like politicians. Like, like that's like really like, like if you hadn't done that, the stakes would have been a little bit lower. They could have been like more normal about things. Like everything could have been a little bit easier. It could have been more of like a comedy of errors. Like, Oh boy. Cause like, there's a way to make like a coming out story, like still light and like, silly like there is a way to do that especially in 2020 you know like that's possible but they didn't really do that here they made it like seem like these are politicians who would like really like hate having like a gay and like like that's like a weird thing to like try to pass off as like a light thing that we're just gonna get over um and then not even address that like we're just gonna get over that is like a bad mentality to have but that like i mean like the reality is that like almost i mean i don't know a single queer person who doesn't have things where like people reacted poorly and you just like get over it and move on and try to still be close with them. Like everybody has that person in their life. I Like I have lots of people who reacted terribly when I came out to them and I just said, you know what? I'm going to move on and hope that it gets better and it has, or it hasn't. And I still try to interact with them and that's life. And so the parents and her, their daughter's relationship is totally fine and understandable, but like you can't just end the movie there and be like, <laughs> am I supposed to like leave like feeling positive about that? Because like that was not, cute and like that you know like, issue as well yeah yeah it's just like it's just like not it yeah there's there's a lot of issues with that it, it just seems like it should have been they're trying to do like two movies in there and they should have done one movie like you can't mm. do two movies in the runtime of one movie that's not how that works so uh. that makes sense you know i couldn't quite put a finger on what it was that that was my biggest issue with that until you said that and then that really makes sense to me like that they were trying to kind of do both yeah the rom-com and the like heavy serious issue thing yeah right because um, like there's a lot of good in there i think i i don't dislike oh, yeah. it but you know there's it's also just it doesn't work and it kind of leaves the wrong i think it leaves an impression it's not trying to leave I don't think it wants to leave the impression that you should just accept people who had this terrible attitude. You're like, <laughs> and like, you're just like, be like fine with that. And like, be fine. Cause like the, you know, the daughter's thing where she's like, she's not a good partner because she's not out. Like, I get that. That's like, 
gross, but like you're lying if you, I mean, you're just lying if you think that like a lot of queer people haven't acted like that and like, right. You know, like, and that's just reality. And people are like, you shouldn't forgive that. That's very toxic. And I'm like, that's like, it is toxic. But like, if you don't understand what it's like to not want to come out until you have come out, then you just like, shouldn't talk about that. Because like, people until they come out the first time will do anything not to. And like, I think every queer person gets that, generally speaking, but there are some who just pretend they don't. (laughs) But like, especially like people who like, don't come from backgrounds that are like, less forgiving like i i have lots of friends who said a lot of mean things and are now out queer people and i'm like you were mean to me when i came out so that's really interesting to learn yeah um but like i've sort of like you know i'm like i will yeah we don't even have to talk about it it's it's done it's that's like that was the past you you're a new you now and like i don't like i just think that like that is like reality and i don't like the argument that like well, she was just like terrible. And it's like, well, like sort of, but like coming out is like a scary thing. And I can't imagine doing that in a political family, like a family of actual politicians. Like <laughs> that like, makes the stakes so much higher. Yeah, like, right like, away, and that's why like, I think they well, should have just like ruin your not... father's political career. Exactly. Like... That's why I, also like, was her father a Republican politician in 2020? Like, I think it like... was like very like strongly implied that he was. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. And I was like, I mean, like, quite frankly, it's like, this is, like, ridiculous right here. Is this, like, the Cheney family? Like, what's happening? Like, Yeah, I mean, like, um, <laughs> yeah, the Cheneys are, like, a perfect example, actually, of like, yeah. what, what they were doing there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I thought, like, there were, there were problems I had with it. Like, just, like, the, the relationship in it seemed kind of toxic, even, like, absent the, like, not being out of the closet stuff. Like, as soon as they got to the the parents' house, like the 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 one girl just completely ignored uh, Kristen Stewart's character and was like, "Oh, why are you why are you like why do you need so much of my time? Like, I just need some space here." It's like you've been ignoring her the whole weekend, and you dragged her here under false pretenses. So I think like, I think it's kind of hard to separate that from the coming out thing because I think her motivation was. I don't want to look like I'm into you. So I'm doing Mm -hmm. this. And also I'm extremely competitive with my sister. So I've got to do X, Y, Z. That part was really toxic too. That they have, the sisters have the word, like that is a bad relationship. And that sister, Mm. as somebody, I mean, as somebody who has a brother who did out him to his family, like that's a thing that I have direct. I can directly relate to that. I like still don't talk to my brother. Like, (laughs) and so like, you know, like, like that's a big thing. And that's, that's their relationship is fucked. Like that's bad. (laughs) That that is no bueno. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't know. I thought like overall there was, there was a lot to like about it. It wasn't like, Oh my God, that was horrible movie, but it was definitely, there were some issues, but there was a lot of interesting stuff in it too. And a lot of good stuff. Um, There's a lot of good performances. The acting was good. Oh yeah, was, acting was nice all really solid. It's nice that Clea Duvall directed it. I like Clea Duvall. Oh yeah, um, she's great. Yeah. I don't think uh, it's just the first thing she's directed. I don't think I've seen anything I, she's directed. I've seen a lot of her acting. Yeah, obviously I've seen a lot of her acting. I don't know of anything else she's directed, but I guess it's possible. Um, she's good. But I I really appreciate that she did direct it. I think that's exciting. Um. <laughs> I'm on her Wikipedia page. 
I went to the, I accidentally opened the personal life section and it just says Duvall is a lesbian. That's the only <laughs> thing under personal life. You don't say. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm glad um, they clarified uh, though. That's uh, um, yeah, good to know. Yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah, it it was interesting. I, I'd say it's a, it's a complicated movie. It's definitely not your typical rom com thing. Right. Uh, although she it does had, have. She had directed plenty. a movie in 2016. Okay. It, it does the have intervention. So mm, it does have plenty of the trappings of your typical uh, rom com movie, but it it plays with it's it. Not, so, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's different. It's not like it is not like the night before Christmas. You don't put it on and just watch it in the background. It's like oh, a, no. it's like a heavier movie. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not the same. I think. I think that's the biggest problem is that we all sort of went into it thinking it was going to be that it was going to be typical Christmas rom com, but just so happened to be gay, and yeah. it did not turn out to be that way. There Perhaps. are a couple movies that came out this year that did turn out to be that way, but not this one. So now we're on to the next film in the uh, Vanessa Hudgens verse, The Princess Switch. <laughs> let me tell you, if the last one, the premise, made me do a somersault, this one really just absolutely blew my mind. I mean, this one, it seems like they literally just tried, like threw up a bunch of buzzwords on a whiteboard, and then they're just like, all right, make a movie out of it. Okay, um, I really think the premise for this movie worked backwards from how can we get Vanessa Hudgens more screen time? Um, <laughs> it was good in the last one, but uh, I, we really need her to be on the screen the entire movie. What yeah. if we had her play two characters rather than one? <laughs> um, and there you have The Princess Switch, which is a film about a woman who goes to... The fictional country of Belgravia, Belgravia, to compete, <laughs> to compete in an international baking competition, and then ends up switching places with the soon-to-be princess of that country. Yes, <laughs> and then falling in love with the prince because at Christmas have, too. You of can't course. have one of these movies without falling in love. There's like no way to do these movies without somebody <laughs> falling in love. It um, has. Yes. So, I mean, I, so I knew like going into this that like, obviously, you know, it's called the princess switch. So I'm yes. like, all right, so there's, there's going to be princesses and they switch. I don't, I don't know why, but I also like, I knew that there was a baking competition, which is the part that really confused me. I'm like, they really just went all out to include baking in every one of these Christmas movies. Well, she's a baker. She <laughs> runs a bakery. It's like they combined a Christmas prince with like the parent trap and the great British um, bake off. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's extremely, extremely insulting for you to say the parent trap when the inspiration is the prince and the pauper. <laughs> okay true they're not true. family in this movie let's be clear they're not long lost siblings who somehow got separated at birth and went with the other parent which by the way is a completely inhumane what thing about the, the man in the, the iron mask mm, there you go um <laughs> which does not predate the prince and the prince pauper, and the pauper. Okay. but well like any <laughs> shakespeare story as well 
Well, that is true. There, so there's like that thing. But but generally in Shakespeare, it is like people who are somehow related even too. Like they, they'll do that. And they'll That's like swap true. Places. Well, um, in this one, they are at, like hinted at possibly being related in a but distant they're not. fashion. There's no, there's no, there's no confirmation of that. And having seen the sequel, there's still none. It doesn't even come up again. <laughs> in the sequel, um, they've confirmed that they're not related. No, but there is a third Vanessa Hudgens in the sequel. <laughs> I know. I cannot believe that. <laughs> and she is related. Okay, so. Yes. Can we get it first? Before we even touch on the rest of this, I saw that like, as soon as I finished this movie, the trailer for the princess, Switch two came on and like already I was like, okay, this is like absurd. They, they had to like be like, oh, like there's some relationship trouble with the one that the Duchess ended up with or whatever. And then yeah. so fine, like, okay, that's inter- like that conflict came out of nowhere, but whatever. But then a third Vanessa Hudgens shows up and it's like the cousin of the Duchess. I'm like, well, why didn't you just switch with her to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had someone who looked exactly like you the entire time. It like you in you wanted to switch to experience a different. I guess she wouldn't have been able to switch places with a commoner then. But then like, why didn't she just like pretend to be a common? I don't know. Wait, God, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me be clear that in the sequel, she does not switch places with the the family who's like a crazy lady. Right. Uh, like I I gather that from the trailer that they the the two of them switch back and then like. No, there's know, a. The, there's a kidnapping in the sequel. <laughs> the the, okay. the third Vanessa Hudgens is a kidnapper. She's oh like scheming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. God, I have to. I meant to watch that one before this, just so it's I fucking crazy. A little extra flavor in here, but I'm definitely going to watch. Double it the now. Z, double the E, double the double flavor. The flavor. Um, oh, right. There's oh. a. There's a. I just want to. Just before we do this, I just want to point out that there's a part in the sequel where the third Vanessa Hudgens, who wears a platinum blonde wig and acts like Sharpay from High School Musical, like <laughs> comes in and like and she's like, oh my, she sees the um she sees the Vanessa Hudgens who runs the bakery and she's like, you really do look like my cousin. Wow, spoopy. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I literally want to die right now, like. <laughs> Oh my god! Because <laughs> that's like her character. Her character is like an influencer type or whatever. So she says a lot of things that are like just like internet meme window. words and like yeah, internet slang. And I'm like, oh nobody god. has ever said spoopy out loud. Like you know, that. like like how bad like memes from like 2012 sound now when you like look at stuff like Rage Comics and like lol yeah. so epic and shit like Rawr. that. Raw. Yeah, even raw. just the word. Honestly, just the word. Raw XD. Like, <laughs> like yeah. can you imagine what like all of this shit is gonna sound like in like eight years? Spoopy, spoopy is already cringe. I gotta say, I already don't like to see the word spoopy. In sp- eight years, cringe is gonna be cringe. Cringe is gonna just, be cringe. Right? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they like really went for it in this movie. This, I mean, I do think they're supposed to sort of think it's ridiculous that she's talking like right. that. Like you're like they're making fun of the character. She's but. a silly <laughs> character. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves here. The the sequel. Um so the original what like I just went in like knowing that the premise because I, I saw the first of all, I saw the trailer for this when it like around the time it came out, and I was just like, I cannot believe this is a movie that's real. But yeah, 
Then that's fair. Forgot fair all reaction. about that. <laughs> went to watch it today, and I was like, I'm going in. I know that there's a princess and that they're switching places and there's a baking competition. Didn't even know about the love angle, but I'm like, there's going to be a love story. And sure enough, there's always going to be a love story. So um, it's all the film is all about Stacy, who is the the plain, normal girl, state uh, Vanessa Hudgens living in Chicago, which, you know, because she always wears a hat that says Chicago on it, not Chicago Bulls <laughs> or Chicago Cubs or mind you, but it just says Chicago. <laughs> Like, um, well, she supports every Chicago team, Teddy. Yes, she just supports Chicago in general. She, she supports is- Chicago on St. Patrick's Day when they die the river green. She shows up and she's like, I fucking support this shit. She's right there. She's selling them the green dye straight from her bakery. Um, it's just her Wilton's food coloring. That's all it is. That's all it is. So she's running this pastry shop in Chicago with. Her longtime best friend Kevin, who, like, like <laughs> this is the weird part of this movie for me again. This is like that he apparently has had okay. like a crush for yeah. on her. I for, think like, we need to get it out of the way that Kevin has had long term feelings on her for her, and then he gets over those feelings for her by falling for her lookalike, <laughs> yeah. and that's fucking weird. That's weird. And if I, if my best friend did that, if my best friend were like, I'm in love with you. And I were like, I'm not in love with you. And they said, I've gotten over you by falling in love with your twin. I'd be like, that's fucking weird. And I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Like, that's weird. That's really weird. I'm sorry. Right. So the, thing. the basics of the plot is that she goes to Belgravia to, uh, to go in this baking competition they have there every Christmas and she meets up with the Duchess, soon to be the princess from a different country, who's marrying the Prince of Belgravia. And uh, they switch places so that like the Duchess can experience life as a commoner. And then the Duchess ends up falling in love with Kevin. And uh, Stacy ends up falling in love with the Prince. And then blah, blah, blah. But so at least <laughs> from the perspective... <laughs> From the perspective of Stacy and the prince, it sort of makes sense because the prince barely knows the duchess. Like they've met like two times and they're supposed to be married because it's like a political marriage or whatever. And yeah. like he's suddenly realizing, oh, like she's actually kind of cool and stuff because he barely knew the other person. So why would he like think there's anything strange going on? But he's also Kevin, like very hot. Like, he is. He, it's it's very strange that like the Duchess for some reason has like no interest in him. like oh he's formal. It's like is like he's a little, but not really, not like overly so. And he's good looking. Oh. He's polite. He's not like it, at the beginning they build him up like he's going to be some sort of entitled douchebag, but he's not really. He's just a pretty normal guy for, for someone who's a fucking prince. So he's I don't also know like he it. was one of the stars of Nashville. Like, <laughs> well, that's not, love that. not in the canon of the film, but okay. Um, <laughs> and so from that perspective, like that that couple like sort of makes sense from Kevin's perspective. It's like he <laughs> he has known Stacy for twelve years. Apparently, they've worked together. They're like best friends. 
And he apparently has had like sort of a crush on her, but like didn't really want to do anything. But like suddenly on this trip, it's like suddenly they're clicking for no reason. He can't no reason. <laughs> and he can't pick up on the fact that she's like acting completely different, even though his daughter figures it out like right away. <laughs> well, there's always yeah, the daughter gets it. The do- so there's all I mean, the daughter fulfills the common trope in these movies of like the scheming very knowledgeable all, all child, child yeah. yeah who like somehow knows everything about love at like the <laughs> age of like 10 and i'm like let me tell you you don't know shit at the age of 10 um but <laughs> yeah she's yeah it's a very funny situation and like it's just like really weird it's like it's just like you know like it's already weird that like most people like fall in love with people who remind them of their parents but like it's like really weird that like you fell in love with somebody who reminded you of your best friend who you're still going to hang out with all the time and like who looks exactly like her. That's weird. And you need to like, I don't know. You have a, like I, and if I were the, the Duchess, I would not think that he were in it for the right reasons. I just like, I'd be like, you just want me because I remind you of this other girl. And I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. But the Duchess <laughs> is like very mild mannered. And she's like, Oh, Okay. Like, all right. And it's Vanessa Hudgens doing a British accent for some reason. Like, Belgravia is not Britain. I don't really understand why she's doing that. Um, But she is. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The royalty in, like, this movie and I would assume other movies is just, like, generically British-esque. Although they're supposed to be in, like, some sort of tiny country in, like, mid-Europe somewhere. Um, right, they should really something... talk like be like a, a Slovakian. Like, yeah, like, it's like you know? supposed to be small enough that like theoretically this country would exist in this fictional world without having to change too much of like world geopolitics. But yeah. it's like the only place that a country like that would really make sense would be like somewhere in Eastern Europe. So yeah, yeah. they all should be speaking with like Slavic accents. There should be like. <laughs> I don't know, like people but like the like the country people should not just be all these white people who look like they probably could live in England. Like it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Uh yeah. as a country. The country is like very strange and contrived. Um yeah. and of course, just like in the Christmas Prince and all these other kind of things, the country is obsessed with Christmas. It's like the only thing they think about. It's amazing because it's like, you know what? It's cold seven months out of your year i don't care <laughs> like <laughs> why would you be celebrating this part i don't know <laughs> surely you'd be happy when it's hot out for once so like like yeah. your best day should be midsummer when you <laughs> sacrifice a man in a bear suit in a burning barn or something like yes. see please. that makes sense to me that yeah that, that's a much more believable world that's been crafted um <laughs> So yeah, so like from the bear, the very beginning of this movie, um, they set up like just how crazy it all is. That Stacy's like in her bakery, and like Kevin shows up and is like, "No, we've been invited to the Belgravia cooking like baking competition. You know, the world-renowned international baking competition that takes place every Christmas in the kingdom of Belgravia." And it's like, okay, uh, here's that exposition you ordered. <laughs> like they literally just walk in and explain like the entire setup for the film in like 
the first minute. And it's like, okay, that's what we're doing. Um, and she's like, and she's like, not going to do it initially. She's like, she doesn't want to do it because like, she can't get away from the bakeries. Like we don't want to shut down over Christmas. Like we're going to be really busy, whatever. But then uh. she, she run, first runs into this old man on the street. Who's just like, uh, she's like donate. He's like running like the, uh, the Salvation Army type bell ringer thing, but he's not dressed as Santa Claus or anything for some reason. Um, for some reason, yeah. But she runs into him and, and like he's like talking cryptically about like, oh, you know, like Christmas that special time of year where like magical things happen. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I believe in all of that. <laughs> he says, oh, well, you know, like what John Lennon said of uh, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. <laughs> And she's like, do we have to listen to every Beatle? <laughs> I don't think we do. Um, you but, know what John Lennon also said? Imagine all the people. Imagine all of them. Um, I don't fucking Woo-hoo! care what John Lennon said. <laughs> uh, but then like, immediately after that, she runs into like, her ex and he's with like her, his sleek new business looking girlfriend who's like really nice looking and is like, Oh yes, we're going away to his parents' house for the uh, holidays. And she's like, Oh, that's a big step. He's like, yes, it is like, Oh, Oh my, (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing over the holidays? And she's like, Oh, well I'm i I'm competing in the baking competition in Belgravia. So like, (laughs) like, that's when she decides that she's going to do it. And her entire reason for doing it is just to prove that she has something to do over Christmas and she never runs into her ex again. So as far as he knows, she didn't even go. Yeah. Yeah. The ex has no purpose in this movie, really. (laughs) Otherwise, um, that's a true fact. I'd honestly forgotten about the ex and I've watched (laughs) this movie somewhat recently. Um, So... I just like I I just love that that's her whole like driving force behind like doing this not because she wants to like prove what a good baker she is or not because like she thinks it would be good for her career or whatever it's literally just because she wants to prove what a big shot she is to her ex <laughs> that there's like a somewhat relatable undercurrent in a lot of these movies where like the characters are driven by exes they haven't seen and never see um, you know, they haven't seen them in like, you know, it'll be like somebody who's like, he was my boyfriend in seventh grade. And they're like <laughs> still driven by like the shame of what happened between them. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> that's like both kind of weird and also like kind of relatable. Like, I feel like a lot of people are still so. like, I think a lot of people are still sort of like, I mean, middle school is traumatic. Um, True. And so like, I think that a lot of people are still driven by like old things that like shouldn't matter anymore, but like the movie never quite nails the perfect mix of like, this is a thing that is so long ago that it shouldn't matter, but it's so specific that it does still matter. Like it'll be like (laughs) my boyfriend in seventh grade cheated on me by going to homecoming with another girl. And it's like, People don't still think about that because that's homecoming and that was seventh grade. Um, (laughs) But people do still think about the ex that cheated on them seven years ago, right out of college. Like people, you know, like that's normal. Um, And like the movies just like never quite nail it. It'll be like, this is like slightly 
unrealistic and slightly realistic at the same time. And it's because I don't know how to react. <laughs> they don't want to spend too much time on it or make it too bleak and specific because then you have to think about it and it might make you right. sad. So they want to just That's get it perfect. in there. So it's like a motive quickly brush it away before you have to process it. So he, he never once again appears in the movie, although he is referenced a couple times. And then as she's walking back, she talks to the old man and she's like, so much for Christmas wishes. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what is what is a Christmas wish? Like that that seems to be a thing that's common in like this movie and other movies is this like there's some magic behind wishes at Christmas, but that's not really part of the whole deal, you know. I mean, even if we're brushing aside the whole like it's supposed to be about like Jesus or it's supposed to be about like some ancient holiday, it like the magic of Christmas is like it's just supposed to be like good things happen and spirits are high and like you might believe again in good things. There's never like, oh, if you make a wish around Christmas time, it's going to come true. Like that wish upon a star type, like very specific wish fulfillment. Not really a part of the whole deal. Right. Like Christmas isn't 1111. Like you can't just like make a wish and hope that it's going to happen because you made it on Christmas. That's not how that works, but you're right. These movies do think that that's a thing. Um, I actually think that's why the royalty thing keeps happening in these Christmas movies, because I think there's like this, like idea of Christmas as a time when like all of your wildest dreams come true and like everything good, like your fairy tale wishes are going to happen to you. And it's sort of like whose fairy tale dream isn't suddenly becoming royalty such that they don't have to worry about their finances or anything else for the rest of their life. Like who does not want that? Like, it's like, yes, deep down we're all supposed to wish that we were royal and not just like rich, but also like the leader of a country and able to like meddle in its economy and it's like po political stances against other small countries that nobody's heard of. Yeah. I, th I think some of these movies kind of ruin it. Like a Christmas Prince, like bringing up like this, like centuries old, like contract with a neighboring country so that they don't get into war. It's sort of like, that's not the wish. Like, I don't <laughs> want to like have to deal with like actual <laughs> geopolitical yeah. crises. Nobody wants to navigate um, those waters. They just want to wear jewels, be in right. a nice warm castle mm -hmm. and have it be Christmas. And that's it. Like, exactly. I just want to like live in a castle. It's like well heated for some reason, even though it's a castle <laughs> and it's like, like I get to wear nice clothes because I want to. And like, they're like comfortable, nice clothes. Like I don't want to wear button down shirts ever unless they're like two sizes too big. Um, <laughs> and like, Would have you know, fitting great in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Well, that's fine with me. Um, and so I, you know, like, that's what I want. I just want to be comfortable. I want to, like, eat good food and, like, be content and not have to go to an office and sit in front of a computer all day every day. You know? Uh, <laughs> that's what we all want. And that's what these movies appeal to. It's, like, people marrying into that. It's like, And, like, even the characters who are, like, I'm still going to do my job. It doesn't matter. Well, in the sequel, they don't do their job. So, you know... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, so she's going to go to Belgravia. Um, and, yeah, of course, Kevin comes along 
the the baking assistant and he brings his daughter olivia um olivia is very into ballet which will very minorly figure in later <laughs> and <laughs> like they're just they're there and for some reason like before the baking competition there's like they put them up for like two days to just sort of like bum around Belgravia and see what's going on. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, so they're just like, they're sort of just wandering around this holiday market and they run into the same old guy from earlier, but he's like, Oh, I'm not the same old guy from earlier. I'm just a guy here. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's like, you are, but like, fine sure <laughs> yeah okay whatever um and then anyway so the, the, like they go over to the studios um where they're gonna be filming the baking competition they're like setting up and stacy runs into the mysterious um like duchess of what is this fucking place called mole the uh the duchess of montenero another <laughs> fictional tiny country that sort of sounds like a real country um and like the apparently no like very few people have seen her like she's very mysterious but she runs into her and what do you know they look exactly alike because <laughs> they're both played by vanessa hudgens except this one is vanessa hudgens with slightly different hair and a british accent i am also vanessa hudgens with slightly different hair and a different accent (laughs) and like she lures her like stacy back to the castle under the guise of like uh consulting on her wedding cake something and then she's like do you want a princess switch with me <laughs> and she's like <laughs> i just like the sentence to you want a princess switch with me yeah. you want a princess switch with me well <laughs> there's like there's seriously there's literally a moment in the movie where she's like i have a proposal for you and then i like she's gonna say what if we princess switch <laughs> <laughs> but literally she's just like oh yes i i would like to live as a commoner for just a couple of days so I could see what it's like. Cause I've always been cooped up in this Royal lifestyle. Um, so what if like we switched places for a couple of days and it's supposed to be relatively easy on Stacy's end. Cause like the Prince is supposed to be out of town on some like important business. And all she's going to have to do is basically like bum around the castle and make nice with the King and queen and just enjoy being in a castle. And then, the Duchess is going to go find out what it means to be a real person. But just by like hanging around the country that she's already seen and like, I don't know, seeing the sights. But I think it's <laughs> ridiculous that the Duchess is like, let's just like switch places, even though like you don't speak my accent. Like, it's like <laughs> unfair. Like, I would never, like, I'm thinking about like, like, I would never let my partner, like, take my place, even, yeah, like, and, like, he speaks, like, like, he would have to try to speak in an American accent. I would never let somebody take my place if they were from another country and try to speak in an American <laughs> accent. Like, what well, are you going to do? Like, you have to speak in an accent that's, like, 
You got some slight Southern twang to it in some words, but in other words, you don't, and you got to really nail it. Like, I'm not letting that happen. This is a crazy thing that they're doing. The way that they, like, uh, they, the way that they kind of dis- show the vocal differences between the two of those is basically like the Duchess is more formal and Stacy is like casual and uses slang and stuff. And that's basically how they imitate one another. It's it's really not any deeper than that. Than like the Duchess is sa- starts saying like, oh, that's dope and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, you you're very believable now. he's like a normal person um it's also very convenient that um both belgravia and montanero also speak english in a perfectly american accent aside from the duchess who is like slightly proper english um i don't know why that is but it's very fortunate for the uh the events of the movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like so they do it. The only person who knows they do are doing it is like the Duchess's servant who helps them out. Uh, they have this whole long segment of like learning to be each other, which is just like the silliest thing. <laughs> like there's seriously like a two minute scene of like Stacy trying to learn to walk like regally and the Duchess trying to walk casual. And it's like, it yeah. just keeps going. I'm like, how long is, how long does it take them to learn how to walk different? And do we have to see all of it? We don't um, have to. That's the bigger point. We do not have to see this. <laughs> it's, it's just like so many scenes from both like the princess diaries and the parent trap. Well, I um, think the Princess like, Diaries is a pretty clear inspiration for this movie. Yes. There are many times <laughs> during this movie when Lauren was just, just the Princess Diaries. I'm like, yes. you know what? I'll refer to your I'll defer to your expertise on that one. Um but so, so there's that. They like they have to go through like the whole royal family line so that Stacy knows like who everybody is. They have to like go over just basic manners and stuff and like how to speak. And it's just like, this is all very long, long part of the movie. Um, but so, yeah, so then they do the switch and like Stacy comes back to Kevin and like, she's supposed to have gotten like an apron or something, but she doesn't have it. And she's just kind of like, Oh, I like, they just didn't have one that was right for me. Whatever. <laughs> and then like he totally just shrugs it off. <laughs> but she's like instantly starting to fall for Kevin. She's like, oh, I'm very into this guy. Um meanwhile, Stacy though is not so smitten with the prince right away. They like go on a ride and like like they're like riding horses. And of course there's like a bunch of ridiculous scenes of her like because she's supposed to be a good horse rider, but she like obviously doesn't know how to ride a horse because she's just from Chicago. Um, I mean, why would you know how to ride a horse if you're from Chicago? Like, you're born and raised in Chicago. Why would you? But she, (laughs) she somehow gets up on the horse and was like riding it. Then they like, they have some like arguments because he's like talking about like state politics or something. He's like, Oh, but you shouldn't have to 
worry yourself about that. She's like, why shouldn't I have to worry myself about that? And <laughs> she's like, oh, you assume just because I'm like, I'm the princess that I shouldn't be involved in all this. And I'm like, okay, like, first of all, two things. Like, first of all, why are you trying to disrupt this engagement? Like, you're only <laughs> supposed to be here just to like pass the time while the Duchess is having her little princess switch fantasy experience. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't be like blowing up her spot right now. But also number two, like what do you know about world politics? You're you're a baker and you, you <laughs> just stepped onto the scene for the first time and already you're like, hey, why are you assuming that I'm not into this stuff too? It's like, well, you're not actually. <laughs> We know you're not. We're aware of this. It's very strange. I just, I, I can't get over the fact that she's just so ready to just like burn this relationship when it's not even hers. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, the, the creepy old man just keeps showing up. I lost track of how many times he turns up. It seems like every like key scene, he sort of wanders in and is like, oh, 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 I'm just a guy sweeping the grounds. And then he's like just a guy like at a, a stand somewhere, running a stand in the Christmas market. We never figure out what, like, what the fuck he is, what he's doing here. He's like some sort of semi-magical being. But they're, like, I don't think he even shows up like, at the very end. He's just kind of there throughout the movie, and then he disappears eventually. I don't think he does either. It's the same way in the sequel. He just sort of shows up sometimes, and, you know, you just have to deal with it. I would like to know what his deal is, because he started really (laughs) Just because at first I was like, oh, like, I'm looking through my notes here. At first I was like, Oh, the creepy old man. They're I like, think he's the spirit of Christmas. He, he is. But then why why does he never show up dressed as Santa Claus? Like, if he just showed up one time dressed okay. as Santa. Okay, what if we had yeah. a movie that wasn't about Santa Claus? But there is Santa Claus in this movie. That's the thing. <laughs> it's not like it's a movie devoid of Santa. They literally have Santa in the movie. It could have just been him. And they'd been like, huh, that guy looks familiar. But whatever. So, but my notes here are pretty funny on this. Uh, I started saying, like, not a fan of the creepy old man. And then the notes started popping up in all caps. So, like, why is the old man back? And the final one was, I hate the old guy so much. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he always, it was always like, he'd pop up, like, at the end of a scene that I already found annoying. It's like, and then this fucking guy is back. I also really like that you have notes for the princess switch. Like you oh. wrote notes for this movie. I, I, the notes for this aren't as detailed as they were for night before Christmas. That one, I have a surprisingly large amount of notes on. Um, but there was, there were some choice, choice notes to make about this one. Um, so yeah, meanwhile, like, yeah, while Stacy is trying to tank this international relationship, um, then um, the Duchess is off with um, with Kevin, and yeah. she is like almost instantly like changing the script on their relationship. Like the thing, so what's supposed to be the big contrast between their two characters, and to make the explanation, I guess, sort of as to why. 
Kevin is able to be with this version of Vanessa Hudgens, but not the other one, is that the Duchess is kind of more carefree and just laissez-faire, whereas Stacy likes to have things very planned and like rigid and goal-oriented, whatever. I, that's the basic difference between them. And I guess that's also why the Duchess doesn't work so well with the Prince, but Stacy does. Cause he's a little right. more like that. <laughs> Her big objection about the Prince was that he's a little too formal, but she appears, Stacy appears to like that sort of thing, but whatever. So like Stacy had this big elaborate plan of like all the different sightseeing they were going to do. And, um, the Duchess literally just tears it up and it's just like, let's just do whatever. And so they just end up spending like almost their entire time just like hanging around the same Christmas market. So it's like, okay, good. We get to use this set again, first of all. Yes. <laughs> but also it's like, so it like, if you're Kevin, you're like, Oh, Stacy suddenly decides she doesn't want to do any sightseeing and just wants to hang around a Christmas market. Like you could have done back in Chicago. Right. <laughs> so that's like all, all they do. They're like, Oh, they're just like, painting cups at this little stand in the Christmas market that we already saw in like the second big scene. And it's like, well, I'm kind of curious as to what the sites we are, are there are that we would see in Belgravia, but we don't get to see those. This budget's <laughs> not high enough. <laughs> Kevin is just sort of like happy to be here. He's just like, okay, well, I'm hanging out with her. I'm not going to complain. I don't want to bring this up. There's no point in doing any of that. Why cause a fuss? I'm, uh, I'm getting what I want right now. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's just along for the ride. You know, part of the team. Stacy also runs into a rival here, which is the big, like, sword of damocles over this entire uh movie sort of like ooh, when what is the rival gonna do in the competition she's she apparently won the competition last year and she's like very proud of it and she thinks she's gonna win again this year and she is not a big fan of stacy for unknown reasons like she's also american but from a completely different part of the country i can't remember where but it's like it's not like they would have any reason to really be rivals because they just both bake things, but apparently she doesn't like Stacy. And Stacy's well, because like, they are both really good at baking. That's their <laughs> rivalry. Ooh, yeah. She's she's challenging her for the baking crown. And Stacy's very indifferent about it all. <laughs> she's just <laughs> not care at all about this other woman. Like you are nemesis. Like, good luck. <laughs> Does not care one ounce about like competing with this. Like, she didn't even want to go to this competition in the first place. So, yeah. well, why should she care? Um. So then we get to like the, the middle section of the movie. Very like, ooh, are they gonna blow their cover? Like this whole section of the movie is just like, hey, remember that secret from before? Why don't you tell me about it now? Or, hey, why don't you demonstrate that incredibly specific and complex talent that you have right now in front of everyone? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> there, so uh, um, the fake Stacy is supposed to like do a secret handshake with um, 
with Olivia, the the daughter of Kevin, and she just like sort of like half asses her way through it. But that's apparently part of how Olivia figures out that she's switched on her. Um, meanwhile, I, mean, I, can't, at, I can't blame her for that one. She, yeah. a secret handshake is important. Yeah, and also that's and by the way another thing that they stole Parent Trap. So hmm hmm I don't know. And Very um. Trap. Then, meanwhile, Stacy is at like this royal ball or something, and they're like, "Oh, why don't you play the piano? I've heard you're so good at it." <laughs> and she's like, uh, 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 uh. but she like <laughs> sits down at the piano, and like the prince is there, he's like helping her, he's like, "Oh, we could play Carol of the Bells." Um, here, these are the chords, and he like has her do just like the low chord parts, which she can do just like keep repeating them and he plays the higher parts and everyone is apparently very impressed by this performance. They're like, Oh yes, yes. They're clapping. It's like, they just played Carol of the bells for like a minute (laughs) and it took two of them to do it. And she's supposed to be like a renowned piano talent. And once again, this is another movie where they're just like obsessed with Christmas music. They're always like the only music they're playing is Christmas music. Well, I don't think Belgravia has, I don't think it exists outside of Christmas time. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that like, it's like Brigadoon. It just rises, goes away again. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It just like comes up and it's like, all right, it's Christmas. We are here. We are going to do everything we can. Everything is Christmas. The entire country is Christmas. And then we're here. We've got cheer. Get used to it. Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, love to see it. Um, <laughs> good for Belgravia. You know what? Yeah. Why not only exist at one of the only universally happy times? It's um, amazing that this country that we don't even know where it is, but they have very strong Christmas traditions and they happen to be like all the same things that we do here in America. They like all the same songs and stuff. You know, that's normal. And I think we don't need to discuss that. I think that that's a very normal thing that these movies do is think that American Christmas traditions can be easily projected onto Eastern European countries at all times and that everybody (laughs) just happens to celebrate them. That's a very normal thing. And these American directors are not poorly, poorly miseducated. Yep. Yep. So anyway, like, so while Stacy is pretending to be the princess and like going to balls and stuff, and she's also like convincing the prince that she's got like some value outside of just being a ceremonial princess, like she wants to actually do stuff. So she like convinces him to uh, be more active in like charity and they go to this orphanage and they're like, she's like reading to the children and all this stuff. And it's like, uh, okay. And then and meanwhile, <laughs> the Duchess is just like hanging around with Kevin watching Netflix in their like hotel or whatever. It's the house <laughs> that they're staying. <laughs> they're just watching Netflix again. And they literally like, it shows so the last one, it was kind of vague what they were watching. Like in, in Night Before Christmas, they were watching TV. They are binge watching. It was kind of obvious or something. It was vague. This one, they literally show the Netflix like homepage on the yes. TV. And yep. they show the fucking Christmas prince. Yep. <laughs> There's like So in the world of this movie, a Christmas prince is something they could watch. And I think that might be what they actually end up watching. 
I just want to be clear that A Christmas Prince is something you can watch here, but in the sequel, the characters from A Christmas Prince turn up in the movie. They have a cameo. Ah! That is a completely fucking bonkers <laughs> universe that these people have created. What? Like, what in their, insanity. So, so in the world of this movie, the first Christmas Prince is a documentary. And <laughs> it's it's about <laughs> a thing that actually happened. It inspires yeah. them to have their own Christmas miracle. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that has to be the case. I mean, the, the first one has to be a documentary in this movie. And so that's how the characters can still turn up because they're like, this was us in our documentary, and now here's us IRL. So that's upsetting and that's alarming. And we should all be concerned about the universe that Netflix is building. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, that there was that, that was yet another all caps entry in my notes. when I said they're watching Netflix, um, of course they are. They always watch Netflix in these movies and they'll like loudly broadcast that they're watching Netflix. They'll be like, should we have a Netflix binge right now with some hot cocoa? And I'll be like, what's wrong with you? People don't do this. This is not normal. I don't even have a normal movie binge night and watch only Netflix movies. I'll be like <laughs> Netflix, Prime, Hulu, the voodoo, um, the Shutter. movie I rented from the local DVD <laughs> store. Like, <laughs> I don't watch Netflix four movies in a row. You got to bounce around. That's that's how you get the best stuff. Yeah, because Netflix doesn't have the content for me to do that. Oh, like, but they can't. They can't let you know that. They gotta. They gotta make it seem like you could spend a whole evening just on. I mean, you really could. People do and can. You could if you want. I to. just don't. Yeah. I can't. But there's, you know what? There's too many other options out. You could with even these Christmas rom coms. There's Netflix has a lot of those. Oh, there's you like a for sure movie. could. <laughs> that you could definitely do. Um, so yeah, they're just watching Netflix. The the Stacy's running around trying to be like the socially conscious princess. Um, but they go out like shopping for like toys for the orphans, and <laughs> they're just like. <laughs> They're just like throwing all this stuff in the shopping cart. And then she sees Twister sitting out in the middle, like just set up in the middle of the toy store for some reason. And she's like, oh, Twister. I love that. He's like, what's that? Like, you've never played Twister. So she gets them to play Twister in the middle of the toy store. Yeah. Twister makes a reappearance in the sequel. Um, <laughs> My God. So like everyone's like kind of like, oh, the the servant is there, whatever. And like in the meantime, the uh, the Duchess and Kevin are like hanging around the Christmas market, and they're like, "Oh, we should go into the toy store." And then, so there's like a, a almost like, "Oh no, they might run." In. Like they distract everyone's attention for enough time for everyone to get out, so they right. don't run into each other. Like, and during all this, like the the butler at the castle is like suspicious that something is going on. He's yeah. like, hmm, I think there's a princess switch afoot. So he's <laughs> like, he's going around trying to like gather evidence that like something is wrong. Um, he ends up it like towards the end of the princess switch because they're supposed to switch 
back at like midnight the night before the baking competition. Sure. Um, he manages to get a photo of them together that he's gonna like use as his evidence, and then he like falls off the balcony for like no reason, <laughs> like right onto the stone. <laughs> but he's fine. But he also goes out, so it's funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And he's he fine though. Like, he's fine. And the pictures are fine too. So it doesn't like like he loses the pictures. But he like tries to bring it to the king, but the queen takes it from him and she's like, "Oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I should tell the king that they princess switched." Um so like nothing really comes of the photos. Um <laughs> that yeah. whole part was kind of unnecessary. But um oh, and the rival the rival shows up at the uh, the studio where they're doing the baking. This is like a whole scene. She just like shows up at the studio. She cuts the cord on Stacy's stand mixer and then walks away. And like that's the whole scene. That is the whole scene. <laughs> it's a surprisingly short scene. And also, it's like this is like the worst sabotage plan ever. This <laughs> is literally like just show up, cut the power cord to the mixer in a room where there are like. 20 other stand mixers that she could use right and also like she would probably find out like immediately that something was wrong but we'll get to that right Um, and like you can easily hand mix even if you had to anyway yeah so they princess switch back and um they like at this point you know the duchess has fallen in love with kevin and they had like a moment where they kissed but then she was like, oh, like, I can't do this. And I also can't explain why. But also, we can never talk about this again. And he's like, oh, OK. He's like, <laughs> and oh, then, yes, I get it. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> he's like, uh, very confused right now. He's he's had a real hell of a trip. You know? Yeah, he, he started, sure has. He showed up here with his longtime friend, and now he thinks he's in love, but also she's like, we can never talk about this kiss, whatever. Meanwhile, um, Stacy has, of course, fallen in love with the prince, and he now actually loves her as opposed to, like, before just, like, doing it because it was what he was supposed to do. Sure. Um, So they both, like, kind of half-heartedly back. You know, they're like, oh, we know, like, we... We're both in love, but we can't do this because we have to do our thing. And then so they had the baking competition. <laughs> the baking competition, despite being like a big played up thing the entire time, is so short, such a brief part of the movie. Um, and so air like have you ever baked like you don't want to like watch baking happen necessarily. <laughs> a lot of people do That's uh, There's a whole Netflix show about um well that's weird um (laughs) somehow they've already baked like a whole cake by the time they realize the mixer has been sabotaged um which doesn't make any sense because that's the part you need the stand mixer for they're like oh it's time to puree these strawberries and then they go for the mixer it's like um even i can tell you that's not the way you do that no no, <laughs> you would have used it when you made the batter for the cake. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
like she's like oh no the mixer and they kind of look over at the rival and she like kind of shadily looks over and like that's <laughs> it's like subtly implied like oh we know it was them but we can't do anything <laughs> but then she's just like i'm gonna have to hand puree these strawberries and that's it that's like the whole resolution of the conflict yes <laughs> is that she's like oh i'm gonna have it solved in less than even less time than in the night before Christmas. It's like two seconds. Oh, I'm going to have to hand puree these. And then she ends up winning the competition anyway. Even though the judge is like, well, I would have liked it if pureed a little better, but it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what a ridiculous kind of like, oh, these could have pureed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as if somebody tried to hand puree them rather than pureeing them in the mixer like we all I also know can't we- imagine like a competition like that where like explicit sabotage doesn't play like like does that not factor into your decision like you thought it was really good and then you found out that 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 person was actively sabotaged that should matter <laughs> that you know probably saying. probably important um and of course you know they're also in a room full of mixers she could have used any of the other mixers there yeah. Uh, she could have just told the judges, hey, I my mixer, someone cut the cord on it because like it's not like, oh, like it was sabotaged in a way that it could have been your fault. It's like somebody clearly cut the cord on this mixer. So, right. But now like they, they're just like, all right, we'll just hand hand do it. Um, So she wins and there's supposed to be a presentation um, of her award by like the prince and the duchess so they show up (laughs) um and it's it's a big oh my god there's two of them kind of moment sure yeah reveal the whole switch and (laughs) they're just like oh but i love you so much i like i have to you know stay with you so they just both like decide okay we're just we're gonna stick with the people that we've fallen in love with this time so he the prince manages to convince stacy to like move to belgrade and like oh you can open up a uh a bakery here it's like i think that's the least of her problems like moving to a completely different country like do they have (laughs) bakeries here um i don't know but she's also (laughs) apparently gonna maybe be a princess i don't know how does the whole thing work you're supposed but to marry you know, another royal, yeah. but now you're marrying a fucking baker from Chicago. I don't know how that works out, but they don't seem to care too much about the implications no. of that. No. Meanwhile, I the Duchess so. is going to go probably live in Chicago with an assistant baker and his child. <laughs> That's yes. apparently fine with her. Okay. That's a bit of a change, but yeah, they're fine with it. Because why not? Why not? So... <laughs> And the, then, of course, the prince the prince proposes to Stacy, and is like, "Oh, if you still love me in a year, can we get married on Christmas?" Because of course they're gonna get married on Christmas. Of course, why and would they she's not? She's like, "Yes." And then we flash forward to next Christmas, and they get married. Yes. And then, yeah. So, of course, yeah, that's they get married why on Christmas. Not? Movies often end with a literal marriage. That's very common. And no. guess. <laughs> Guess who catches the bouquet? It's it'll be delicious. like it'll be like this movie depicts the time in which these two characters met 
and it's at all at Christmas time. So it's inherently only like one month, but also we're going to end with showing them getting married. And that's like, but they only knew one another for 20 days. <laughs> right. Should we question this? No, not You're going to uproot your entire life over someone you knew for a few days. Hey, well, these people are, I'll tell you that these people are ready to uproot their lives over anyone who's <laughs> the slightest bit of attention. Oh my God. You showed me attention and also gave me hot chocolate with a candy cane in the mug. <laughs> I'm going to marry you and be with you forever. And if you ever break up with me, going to write sad songs and call into Delilah and make her play <laughs> sad, sad tunes about you. Okay. Delilah. Delilah. Someone wrote into me. They said, um, Delilah, you know, I, I princess switched last Christmas and I thought I'd found the love of my life, but it turns out <laughs> that you can't just marry the Prince of Belgravia and expect that you as a baker from Chicago are going to adjust to this life perfectly and things don't always work out that way. So I just, I would really like if you could play Dominic the donkey for me this year. <laughs> Dominic the donkey. Princess switching is what me and my partner do in bed. <laughs> oh, we call it the princess. <laughs> Are you top or bottom? I'm actually a princess switch. <laughs> I'm a princess switch. <laughs> oh, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it's going to be like a whole genre. Dominic the donkey. Select, um, select. <laughs> <laughs> I need my grinder profile to let me choose princess switch as my position. <laughs> I don't want to say top, bottom, verse, verse, top, verse, bottom. None of that. I want to say princess switch. <laughs> I'm a princess. It means I'm, I'm a, a switch, switch, but also i'm a pillow princess every single time you can't in either <laughs> position let's just be clear <laughs> if i'm topping i want you to be a power bottom if i'm bottoming i want you to take control i don't give a shit i want to be asleep is what i really want <laughs> that that that's what the princess switch is really about that's um, the princess switch that's the princess switch, so, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the princess switch. Um, conclusions from this exercise. Uh, I definitely do feel like there's a formula, and it's so like readily apparent. Even I feel like even just watching one, you can yeah. find the formula, mm -hmm. which is funny mm -hmm. because normally you think you need to find a pattern, but the beats are so clearly laid out that it's like, oh, they're doing this because they're following. I think that's formula. right. I think that like the beats are like so they're just like so obvious even in like one or two movies you'll you'll like watch them and it's like they're like highlighted like the movie will like draw your attention to every plot beat and it's sort of like okay so this happens in every single one of these right like we we see this every single time like it's just like it's a lot to deal with when you watch a lot of them. And I watch a lot of them. Um, <laughs> and like, it'll be like, Oh, so this character is now talking about how much they don't believe in this idea of Christmas slash love. And we all have to like, like the movie will like, you know, like it just like, it becomes this like serious moment where like the music 
becomes serious and the character is like kind of like talking in a whisper tone and it's like okay i get it this is like this is the thing we all have to pay attention to this because the character doesn't believe in love and christmas and hope and joy and happiness and being alive um so (laughs) now we're gonna learn about why they don't believe in any of that and that way, when they say the exact same thing, but like the opposite, like the inverse of it, we understand why it matters so much. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. This is what's happening. And that happens in every single one of them. That It's like all of them. You can watch like two of them and know, oh, so this is occurring in all of these movies. We are going to watch this over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and there's going to be like, Like, these people aren't, like, for some reason, it'll be, like, a relation. It'll be, like, true love, and they won't kiss until, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. And I'll be, like, I don't know how many dates you've been on, but, like, most dates end with, like, a lot more than kissing on, like, the first date. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) the kiss is, like, the big thing in these movies. They're just waiting for that. There's yeah, no, like, there's nowhere to go beyond that. We, I'm always like, I cannot imagine being like, oh, I can't wait for my first kiss with this partner. I'm like, well, that's gonna happen on the first date, even if we never get a second date. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand like why we're all so upset about this. Like the first that kiss is happening. So, <laughs> what kind of dates are you going on? Yeah, I don't really know what the, any of these people are doing, and it seems like these people are not living. These people are like living in a reality that is like somehow both pushed by evangelical churches and also not pushed by evangelical churches because they're right. like trying to be more inclusive than that. They can't be, they can't be overtly religious. Yeah. Um, which is why when we talk about Christmas, movies, it's very much just like snow and Santa Claus and like wishes come true and true love and stuff like that. And there's never like, um, like the birth of Christ. Worked yeah, in there there's never anyway. like, and Jesus was born on this day. That yeah. does not happen. And humanity was saved. Like, we can't get there. That, does, but, that doesn't happen. You know where that does happen? Charlie Brown. Um, that is People true. forget Charlie that Brown Charlie Brown religious. has a, a big Christian message smack in the middle of it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's very, I mean, like, it's basically like humanity, the cure for commercialism yeah is like the big message of charlie brown and cynicism as well yeah i actually kind of respect that message because i hate commercialism and cynicism so right i mean if it if it rang true 50 certainly still rings true now um i'm not a cynic and despite my reaction to these movies i'm not a cynic that's one reason i actually like these movies is because i like i enjoy that a lot of the time they kind of feel like even the creators of these movies are like earnest about it. And it's like kind of nice. It's like, like it's these like super cheesy ass movies about like this, like cheesy ass shit that like is never going to happen to anyone. Nobody's ever going to experience any of this. No. I mean, obviously nobody's going to have a knight come back from like the 13th, (laughs) from like the 14th century and show up and like fall in love with them and yada, yada, yada. Well, not with that attitude, man. But also obviously you're never going to run into your secret twin who happens to be the ruler of a small Eastern European country. (laughs) And you're not going to swap places and fall in love with their royalty planned marriage partner. Like that's not going to happen to you. It's just not. And because like things don't like that just generally don't happen. 
And so generally, you know, that it's not going to occur, but I also appreciate the earnestness, which with all of these movies present themselves. Like, it's like really refreshing. Like there's not a trace of like, we're making this and we're laughing at ourselves while we're watching, (laughs) while we're doing this. Like, it's not like, I mean, the only examples I have are sort of like horror comedies where they are kind of cynical, like Cabin in the Woods and stuff like that. And like, that's fine because they're like horror. And like, I want them to be kind of cynical because otherwise people are being ripped limb from limb. And it's not like, you know, I don't want it to be super whatever, but like, it's it's not like you're watching like an asylum horror movie or something where they're like, oh, like Piranha 3D or whatever. Look at how bad this horror movie is like. They're, you know, they're not winking at you. They're making an earnest product. It may right. be a like a crazy bonkers uh, <laughs> other world type product, but it is definitely, you know, it's it's honest about what it's trying to be. It's not trying to be like um, a sarcastic version of that. I think that's the big thing. They're honest about what they're trying to be. Like, there's no. There's no pretension here. I don't like this movie does not present itself as like, you know, we might get an Oscar nomination. There's like, there's no <laughs> chance of that. And this movie knows that. And it doesn't want that. It wants you for like an hour and a half in the month of December to like smile. Like, mm-hmm. and like, that's like kind of a welcome. That That's like a welcome thing. I like being asked <laughs> to smile for an hour and a half in the month of December. You know, I like, do I think. Uh, I do think there's a tad bit of cynicism in here in the the way Netflix is promoting itself within the movie. When Netflix promotes itself, there's some cynicism. Yeah, that's bad. I do not like that. (laughs) Netflix. So Netflix does. So in a way, Netflix kind of does the worst of it by doing that. But at the same time, Netflix kind of nails it so much of the rest of the time that it's hard to like fault them for it. Because like there are some where like even the like light sort of low stakes earnestness of it all does not work. Um, And, you know, not the ones produced by Netflix as much, but like things like a very country Christmas where it's like, you know, you're talking about a country music star showing up in a small town and falling in love with a little, like, I don't know, interior designer. And we're all (laughs) supposed to like feel sad. (laughs) This is a real movie that exists. It's actually directed, um, a very country Christmas directed by Justin G. Dick, which is his name. Great name. Um, and so Dick. Dick. Um it's Vanessa Hudgens signing on to another Christmas movie. She's like, Dick, yes. What? Um, she just keeps signing on to these movies where she gets to like have like romantic interests with like four different men, like in all of these movies. <laughs> I really respect this. She's like, Oh, all right. Is there a hot guy in this movie? Yes. Is there, are there two hot guys I can be romantically interested in, in this movie? Yes. <laughs> are there three in this one? Fuck. Yes. Oh, the I- one big takeaway I had from this was I, I definitely expect she is carving out a strong niche for herself. Oh my God. Yes. She's got to be it. making bank off these movies. Good for and her. She's, doing and she's great. She's like, She's compelling. Like, I'm like, I want to keep watching. Like, she's entertaining. I mean, (laughs) she's not, these aren't Oscar winning roles, like we've said. No, but like, not every movie should be. Not every movie should be Oscar winning. I don't know how much I love her accent as the Duchess, but she did portray Um, two different characters fairly convincingly. 
Um, I, okay, so there's a whole when they both have to pretend to be each other. There's the a whole thing in the sequel where like they're like talking and they're like, "Oh, your accent is much better this time." And I'm like, "It's literally not different." <laughs> so this is really fun. Uh, they're like poking fun of themselves. It's like, but no, it's not good. Like, yeah, no. I I actually think they meant they they it was like intentional. They're like, "Oh my god, it's so much better." And she's like, "Ha, yeah, I've been practicing." And I'm like, "Ha, it's literally the same." <laughs> This all sounds exactly the same. Like when you, t- when the one who actually has the accent talks, you sound exactly the same as the one who's faking the accent. This is so funny. Love this. Um, anyway, a very country Christmas directed by Justin G. Dick. It's like about a, like a country star. It's like a Brett Eldridge or something. And he's like, he falls in love with like a small town interior designer who also works as like a coffee shop barista and has a single dot. She's a single mother. And like, it's this whole thing. Um, and like, like at least in that one, like, or at least in this one, it's like, sort of like, we, like, it's sort of like, it's like earnest and everybody's like happy and like in love and like, uh, there's royalty and you're going to get married and you're going to be rich and who cares? And this one, it's like, oh, here's a single mother and you got to be really serious and we all have to like take this super seriously. And I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want this right now. What I want right now is like the stakes to be so fucking low <laughs> but like i can watch this while like shoveling spaghetti down my throat like in I don't a way know. there is but some I- analogy to like the horror which is that sometimes you watch a horror because like especially a slasher or something because you yeah. want like predictability you know what's going to happen there's a formula okay so i want to point out it's going to come out it's going to kill a few people blah 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 and then I brought up A Very Country Christmas because another movie I've really watched recently is also directed by Justin Justin G. Dick, who's directed a ton. I mean, he directed a trilogy of movies about A Very Country Christmas, about this like country superstar (laughs) and interior designer couple. They have a trilogy of movies. There's A Very Country Christmas, A Very Country Wedding, and A Very Country Christmas revisited or something they should right. make they should make a christmas movie about stacy jacks coming to a small town and falling they in love. absolutely should i'm gonna make that movie and so like <laughs> like they, they like this guy justin g dick has done a ton of like hallmark lifetime christmas movies but then he did a movie for shutter <laughs> called <laughs> called anything for jacob and what? it's like and it's like literally shutter built it as and I quote an inverse nativity story. Oh my God. <laughs> and it literally is an inverse nativity story. The plot of the movie is grandparents lost their grandchild in a car accident and they're using a demonic ritual to foist a to make some pregnant woman. They're gonna foist their grandchild to be reborn through this random pregnant woman. That is the plot of the movie. They're, they kidnap her and they're like, we're going to use this ritual. And so now when you give birth, it's going to be our eight-year-old grandchild. And it's like, it's as disturbing as it sounds. Like, it's sort of like, holy shit. And I then look at this guy's other, like, filmography and I'm like, what the fuck? No wonder, no wonder after doing all of these, like, Hallmark-style Christmas movies, you were like, you know what? My next Christmas movie is a movie where Jesus is reborn, but he's actually a gigantic evil demon baby. And he's going <laughs> to kill all of humanity. Like I would do the same thing if I had been forced to do all of these movies that you've been forced to do. <laughs> like it's fucking insane. And I think that says a lot about the genre and like the people who make them and like sort of like where they are mentally, because they're all sort of like, you know what I want to be doing? 
just fucking destroying humanity. I want to be just like fucking creating these demons who are going to eat the entire world. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting that this like that there's this director who has directed a ton of like Hallmark Lifetime style Christmas movies. And he then decided to make this like deeply disturbed satanic ritual horror movie <laughs> that is also a Christmas movie. I want to be clear. It's like he's still making a Christmas movie. Right. Like, and well, it's kind of like gets, a, it's kind of like gets the same Clark. actors. He gets like the same actors to show up. And it's like you have built like you've built your own little universe of film. Like doing like a Quentin Tarantino universe. <laughs> yeah. But like but like they're following you. Not because you're making these like sappy Christmas movies, which some of which are like deeply religious. I mean, I've just like read oh, like really? sort of like descriptions, so I haven't watched them. I haven't watched them all. I mean, he literally has like 20 or 30 films. Um, wow. And like, I've watched a few of them. I've been sort of like, now that I know that he did this one very dark horror movie, I'm sort of like, if I see one of his other films, I'm like, I should watch that. Because like, I just need to know more about this guy who's like somehow like I got this really fucking warped worldview. Um, I do wonder about like the directors who make movies like this, like, you know, like the, the more like auteur type directors, the like respected directors usually takes them a few years to come out with a movie. But, yeah. Like people who make stuff like this, like can churn out like three movies a year or something like they must be yeah. working like crazy. It'd be very but, interesting. But like this guy's like doing like. only. Let's be clear. This guy's doing almost exclusively Christmas movies. So mm-hmm. on average, he probably can't release more than one movie a year, right? Like, <laughs> well, but you could put out a bunch and just like save them for Christmas. I was gonna say. Can... I think the thing is, he must have been making some and then just not releasing them until Christmas, right? Um, but I also well, think it's, I think that... it says a lot, like that, like. I mean, the the horror movie is, like, good. Like, it is not a... This is not a joke throwaway horror movie. This is, like, a... This is a, a creepy, slow burn, spooky, very violent... I mean, people are ripped apart Ooh. horror movie. So what's like, the title on that again? Anything for Jacob. Anything for Jacob, yeah. It, it, it definitely is grandparents doing a satanic ritual to bring back a child that means... They get some like some spooky ghosts showing up. There's like ghosts who like claw out their own teeth. Like it's like it's like there's a lot happening in this movie. That's I'm like, fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't really fucking know how you did this movie and also the movie I watched two days ago while working on my work laptop. I put on a. It was called Christmas with the Prince, and it was about a woman. <laughs> who had to admit a prince to her pediatrician wing of the hospital, which maybe was set in Neuschwanstein Castle. (laughs) And like, I don't really know how you made these two movies. I don't know how the same person had that worldview. I just don't get it. I do think it's interesting what an unusual director Sometimes they surprise you. I mean, you never know who can make a good horror movie. I think it is surprising. I think that it says to me that maybe the director wants to do more like anything for Jacob. Mm. It just did feel like the passion was more there. Like, I, you know, like Christmas with the Prince, I was like, I can drop in and out of this movie. Anything (laughs) for Jacob, I was like, 
oh no, I'm watching this movie. The lights are out and I'm very spooked by these little ghosts that are showing up. And then the gigantic evil goat demon with a lantern. Um, <laughs> like it's also like creative. Like I was like, this is not like your average, like uh, it's just like a very str- Justin G. Dick is an interesting director, and we all need to talk about this. <laughs> all right. We're going to add him to our pantheon of directors. Yeah, he's up there with a, what, what, what was Steven it? Steven Susco and Jeff Wadlow. Jeff Wadlow. All of our other unusual directors, for some reason, we stand. Um, yeah. We add Justin G. Dick to that list. You need to add him, but you need to watch A Very Country Christmas, Christmas with a Prince, and Anything for Jacob to understand why I'm like, I don't understand how the same man made all three of these movies. I just like literally. I might just, you know, you know, I came away from this experience watching the, like coming in as someone who doesn't watch a lot of Christmas rom coms thinking, I could watch some more of this kind of stuff. I definitely want to check out um, the Princess Switch 2 just because oh I'm God. really interested you, to see where that goes. You definitely need to watch a Christmas, the Christmas Switch, the Princess Switch, Princess wow, Switch. 2. Um, it's so much fun. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens' third character, I mean, she kidnaps the queen of whatever the <laughs> land is called. Belgravia, Belgravia. or the soon-to-be queen, queen, sorry. Um, That's insane. That's an insane <laughs> thing that this character just does and we're all just like, yeah, okay um like it's fucking weird it's so weird i do i do admire how these movies will will go with the most insane premise possible i mean in a way that there is a crossover with horror there you know like well to get people to check them out they'll like check out how wild this premise is and it doesn't always pay off but sometimes it does and it's always worth checking out at least so there is i do see a little crossover there the the, and they like holiday movie and the horror and they'll like, okay, so they will like literally, they will go with the most insane thing in these Christmas movies and then pretend that it's like a normal thing. Like they present it as though this is like a normal plot thing and like a quirky fun thing. And I'm like, this is fucking bat shit. Like these characters are like, oops, I'm so goofy. I kidnapped my cousin. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> just a quirky thing I do. I just so, I'm so quirky. I'm so random. I kidnapped my cousin, Rar XD. Like, <laughs> what? Holds up Spork. <laughs> That's the most random XD thing we could come up with. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I gotta say I'm intrigued. Yeah. These, uh, these kind of movies, like, like I said, you know, they might be the kind of thing you want to put on the background while or just have while you're on your phone. Right. But they they have their place. And they do. I, they I do. respect them for that. Also, I wanted to note on on the topic of the uh the horror and the holiday movies that two of the most iconic uh Christmas movies, uh both that are very different in tone, uh Black Christmas and A Christmas Story, both made by King Bob Clark. So there is crossover in these skills. I do think, I do think, and this is like a whole conversation for another day. I do think there's more of a connection. I can see how Bob Clark did both of those movies more than some other things. Mm -hmm. Because like a Christmas story does have a darker tone to it than like a lot of your like classic, like it's not 
That's jingle. True. It's not jingle all the way. I, think <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that is what I thought. <laughs> jingle all the way is incredible in its own right. I, yeah. <laughs> that it is so. It is set in such an insane, incomprehensible world. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> I've been really. I'm planning to rewatch that sometime this week. So it's just on the brain. I love um, jingle all the way. So um, but like a, a Christmas story is like a darker, weird tone yeah it like i think what makes it so timeless and what like makes it resonate so much that people come back and keep watching year after year is that it does it sort of feels like uh what it's like like looking back and remembering your childhood it's like things weren't always great there was conflict there were always things that went wrong but ultimately like people work together to make christmas happen or whatever it was you're trying to do yeah. be okay and that's what that's what's fun about it. there's also like conflict that just seems really relatable for someone who's been a child which should be all of us so it should be universally relatable he said should be all of it us. should be we don't know some of we us don't know is is the night is <laughs> the could, night from the night before christmas here he was never a child some of us could be an alien who became a knight who then moved into 2019 and we're never a child who knows? You're never a child. You're never a child. We know it. We know it. We uh, know your secrets, Sir Cole. <laughs> we're here. We figured it out. And we I'm sure that's what we'll find out when we get to Christmas too. Okay. I can't wait for the Christmas Friends 2, directed by Robert Eggers. Um <laughs> He he should do a Christmas movie now just to like mess it mix it up. God, could you imagine if he did a Christmas movie? It'd be about like I don't know what it'd be about. It'd be about like a stocking that ate people. Um, <laughs> that would be great. I did just rewatch Krampus when you do. You do get to see Robert Eggers how... should remake Ginger Dead Man. That's what he should do. <laughs> he should remake Ginger Dead Man. That would be solid. I want to pitch I'm this too. to him. I think I think that would be a dream come true for me. This is a dream come <laughs> true. Um, <sighs> I love Krampus. Right. Krampus is very good. Sorry, Krampus I just, is I, I'm stuck. processing that you said you re you rewatched it. I really like that movie. Well, Krampus, like you do get to see a lot of holiday classics come to life and try to murder people like, yeah. you know, Angel on the Top of the Tree and Gingerbread Man and mm-hmm. stuff. All, everything is trying to kill you in Krampus. I, that's it's really I own fun. That movie. That's a good movie. That's a fun movie. It, it is. It's once again, uh, Michael Doherty just knows how to make a holiday classic. Um, yeah. He like oh it's it's becoming a yearly watch easily. I usually watch it every year. What uh well since it came out it hasn't been that long. Um, what so before we go, what else have you been watching this Christmas season? We've talked about some rom coms, but what have you been watching that aren't Vanessa Hudgens stars? <laughs> well, um, I did. I actually this was my first theater visit in a very long time since March. Uh, oh, I went what? to. I, I went to a drive-in and saw a double feature of um, Santa Claus and with Tim Allen and uh, thank you for Jack for Frost. Well, because so we know it's the one with the E on the end, you know, the Santa Claus yeah. and uh, Jack Frost. And um, the Santa Claus was better than I remembered. I thought it was quite enjoyable. It was very different from what I remember because I felt like. I, I feel like I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid. And what I remember about it is like the scenes of him growing the beard really quickly and like mm-hmm, yeah. putting on a lot of weight. And then of course, like Santa falling off the roof and whatever, just 
the North Pole and just like the basics and like, uh, oh, he becomes he kills Santa Claus and he becomes Santa. And I didn't yeah. remember like all the family drama that's worked in around there. It's like it's very nineties in that like there has to be a divorced family drama fit in there. Um yeah. and it gets like surprisingly sad and dark at sometimes. Like the people think like he's going crazy and that like he's trying to pretend to be Santa Claus so he can get closer to his kid who barely gets to see him. And it's like the parts of this are really sad, but it's yeah. it's a fun movie. Jack Frost is not very good. <laughs> Jack Frost is very bad. I um I feel like I remembered that from before too. That it like it, even as a kid I was like ah okay he's a snowman whatever. But like really like mm, so little happens in the movie. There's just so many scenes that have no impact and they're all really long. Yes. And and it's like and again it's like okay so this kid his dad gets killed like on Christmas and like why do we always have to bring this horrible family trauma into these holiday movies i don't get it. all of them have a horrible family trauma all of them yeah jack ross was just a precursor to the current netflix rom-com they all have this like dark family history for some reason and now and now so we have to do away with that see the 90s they were allowed to get dark and now it's all happy but (laughs) they yeah jack frost eh. uh michael keaton was all right but other than that not much worth writing home about. And other than that, Christmas movies, kind of just a lot of usual suspects. I watched The Grinch, um, you know, but the Jim Carrey one and the 60s one. I refused to watch the one that came out a year or two ago. I'm planning um, to watch it this week at some point after I had like seven or eight drinks. And, <laughs> that might be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. Um, I still haven't watched Black Christmas yet this year. Um, I I'm usually trying, try to. I do. I uh. well, I usually go to a a midnight showing at the Nighthawk here. Um, can't do that this can't year. Do, oh man, um, yeah, that's the so perfect way to see it too. My plan is to watch it, not Christmas Eve, but the twenty third at midnight. Mm, um, that'll so. be tight. At that home, and I'm gonna great. make some, some. I'm gonna make some tater tots with some beer cheese, like they would have at the mm-hmm. Nighthawk, and yeah. So try to do it up, do do yeah. the real experience. Yeah, I've I've gotten like I didn't get to see it this year, but uh, a couple of years ago I saw it both at the drive-in and then at the um oh the what is that movie theater in DC? Um, Sun? the Sun Cinema. Yeah, the Sun Cinema, Sun Cinema. Yeah, yeah. so great experiences all around. It's always fun to watch that one around the holidays. Um, I watch, ooh, I watch Santa's Sleigh, ah! um, which is one that I, I originally wanted to discuss in this podcast, but I didn't feel like I had enough to say about it after I watched it again. But I highly encourage everyone to check that out if you haven't heard it before. That's Santa Sleigh, S-L-A-Y. It is a horror movie where Santa is, in fact, an evil being who was cursed to become Santa Claus for like 600 years and then has just his contracts just come up so now he's out killing (laughs) it is so much fun there's so many incredible fight scenes in that movie santa is played by a professional wrestler and he plays the role to the fucking hilt it's so fucking funny um and it's it's just it's so much fun if you ever want to see an evil santa movie that's the one it's top notch 
Nice. And yeah, uh, I watched Miracle on 34th Street. I still haven't watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life this year. Yeah. Well, don't you? Try to get to that. That's a Christmas Eve movie that comes on on Christmas Eve. Well, it, it's like all, all Christmas season. You end up watching it at some point. Well, but it always <laughs> comes on on Christmas Eve. That's the night it comes on. That's when it comes on TV. So you Well, yeah, but you don't, you don't only have to watch it. I've seen that in a theater. Yeah, um, the only time I watch it is on Christmas Eve. I mean, that's I, a hard watch every time. I feel like yeah, I, I make I mean, it a point to not watch it more than once a year. For one thing, it would lose emotional impact. Um, but for another thing, it is hard. It's just like I don't need to watch that multiple times in a that movie. Christmas it, season, <laughs> it gets darker every year. Like you know, yeah. the older you get, the more you realize how life can kick you in while you're down. And that that movie just ooh yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. but it's got a nice message at the end of it, you know. Oh yeah, I like the movie. <laughs> the happy movie, and the only way that it's able to be as joyful at the end as it is is because of how dark it lets itself get yeah. through the middle. So that's a lesson out there, you know. It can't always just be happy all the time. Yeah, and it's sometimes that's what you have to do in filmmaking. That's true. So, uh, anything else you've been seeing over the season? Uh, well, one thing I want to point out is that it's actually anything for Jackson, not Jacob. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, just so we can all be clear. Good on to know. Good to um, know. Because that's a big thing. Um, I guess it's sort of been hit or miss. I've been watching a lot of like, I mean, I've been watching a lot of these dumb Christmas rom-coms. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Um, otherwise, I, I've been trying to sort of stay up to date with some like 2020 releases i watched the wolf of snow hollow recently which is a werewolf horror movie um it's a werewolf horror comedy i should say it's set it's kind of christmasy but it's not really it's in a snowy town in utah so it could be post christmas too so you know Uh if you want a a winter horror movie i watched love and monsters which is a 2020 movie which is kind of nice um it's cute uh mostly i've been watching i've been trying to like do the Christmas thing lately. So that's sort of been where my mind has been at. Mm-hmm. I'm not too good at that. Um, I've sort of been hit or miss. I watched Freaky. Everybody should watch Freaky. We're all horror fans Ooh, if you listen to the I show. I really want to see that. Yeah. Um, Freaky was really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, anybody who likes horror should definitely watch Freaky. Um, it's supposed to be very good. I, I need to check that. It was really good, so I definitely encourage that. Um, otherwise, it's just sort of been like, I've been alternating. Some days I'll be like, today I want to watch silly Christmas rom-coms, and then the next day I'll be like, I want to watch the most melodramatic teen romance dramas that I can mm-hmm. possibly find. Um, yeah. That's sort of like where my mental space is right now. It's going to be a weird season, because like, you know, the year you're normally getting big like prestige dramas and also some big like studio pictures that they think are going to do well over Christmas weekend. Yeah. And we're, we're not really getting that this year. So there's gotta be something to fill that void. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and watch some. I have been thinking about, um, you know, they always used to play all the James Bond movies over like Christmas break or whatever. So I might just go watch a bunch of old James Bond. I did recently watch the world is not enough. Um, Ooh. which is a, which was a fun one to watch. I hadn't seen that. At <laughs> That's a wild one. Um, uh, I watched Casino Royale, um, over Thanksgiving. Casino Royale. 
Um, I have been considering it's on Amazon Prime on their early release thing, watching the new mutants. I think it's uh <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, new mutants. You know the, the most cursed release of all time. There's literally never been a more cursed release than the new mutants had. Um I think so. that the movie the shutdown movie theater near my place still has an old faded new mutants poster up. And it's like one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I mean, mine might, for all I know, it has a lot of old faded movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would believe it. <laughs> before I moved, before I moved the uh, theater there had a poster up for soul, the Pixar movie <laughs> just months after it had been like delayed. And- wow. It was so faded, and it was just like, yeah, this is like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, this season we're all just trying to get by in our own way. Yeah, there's, there's, this is going to be a very different holiday season from usual. Um, but we hope that you're all out there doing whatever you can to have a merry season. Um might be harder to see your loved ones than it's ever been but uh they're out there we're all pulling for each other in this time wow and, you sound uh, so much like delilah <laughs> and now um uh next song is uh dominic the donkey well <laughs> um could you imagine uh, if, if somebody <laughs> called him with a serious issue and she said Yes, I'll play a song for you. And it was just <laughs> Dominic the Donkey. Dominic the Donkey. Yeah. But you know, just do whatever you can. Try to try to stay merry. That's what I've been doing. Stay Had the, the tree up as long as I possibly can, all the festive yeah, lights. Same. I've just been watching as many Christmas movies as I can muster. Cause the thing is I'm not watching movies that make me feel better, but yeah. <laughs> Because they're like either like the most like silly rom-com Christmas movies ever that mean nothing to me and I forget the moment I watch them or they're like Christmas horror, neither of which are like giving me like a boost of. Eh. Well, you know, sometimes. I mean, I, I am. A I've gone through phases. Rom-coms. I've gone through phases and all in this whole thing where I just watch the darkest movies I could find because it's like that's what matches the current mood. That does so, match. That's true. So. You know, we get by whatever way we can, but we hope you're out there having, (laughs) yeah, we hope you're out there having a good holiday season. Um, and we hope you, you found some entertainment in these holiday movies. I I would, I would recommend checking them out if that's your thing. Um, like I said, they, they're at least worth having on in the background, opening presents, wrapping presents, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And until next time, you know, you can find us on all the major platforms. And, uh, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review on Apple podcasts. We always like to hear feedback from people. Um, you can also email us at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. We are at buzzedonmovies on Twitter. Um, so yeah, just tell let us know what you're watching this holiday season and if you've seen any of these incredibly crazy otherworldly Christmas rom-coms cuz I might check out a few more of these. You should. You should. Yeah. They're a fun time. I will encourage it. 
And as always, we'll see you one day at the movies. Merry Ho-Ho Holidays. We'll see you one day at the movies. And because it's officially my one-year anniversary, <laughs> we'll see you later, you jellical fucks. Yes. <laughs> Let's go watch Cats. It's literally my cat's anniversary, the twenty second. That's that's the first day I saw a cat. Last a year. joyous day. No, it's my jellical ball. <laughs> We're all ascending to the heavy. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>